Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by Before and After Photos. Just flex, shave your chest, look happy, and add a little top lighting. Lights, camera, action. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you by Average Joe's Gymnasium. Support your local gym and aspire to be average at Average Joe's Gymnasium. <laughs> Welcome to The Pestle. I am Wes. And I am Todd. And this is a show normally where we, filmmakers, uh, analyze and break down films and look at how movies work, why a camera was uh, chosen to use on a project, or why they use these particular angles, the, the story, themes, and setups, payoffs, and kind of analyzing that to pieces, you know, in our own way. Today is not that day. Not at all. <laughs> we no. are doing something, this is a one-off, and so yeah. we are doing today a, uh, a special episode about the three rules of fat loss. That So random. So random. But that's okay. Yeah. It's a little bit of a chronicling of my process of losing weight. If if you have not, you can go to the pestlepodcast.com slash three rules of fat loss all together. One word. Uh, three is the number and see the before and after picture uh, so that you know who's talking and how unimpressive he may be. Uh, but more, <laughs> no. than, more than anything, it's just kind of going through and looking at the rules of how you can lose body fat uh, specifically. And it's so much more simple. Uh, the goal here is to remove the mythology and mystique of fat loss, not to make fun or throw shade on any particular method, but to tell people they've been misled on what it takes to lose body fat. I'm sure keto, paleo, men's health, Jillian Michaels, Biggest Loser, Whole30, Atkins, and whatever else have all helped people lose weight and make some progress. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to predict when you will reach your goal? Like dieting sucks. Losing weight sucks. It's not fun. But it doesn't have to suck as badly as people make it out to be. It doesn't have to be this unpredictable mythologically complex system of randomly pulling levers and pressing buttons and hoping for the best. There are very simple, basic, knowable rules that can let you know exactly what needs to be done and how long it will take to get there with shocking precision. It may not be easy, but it's super, super simple and it doesn't have to be all that difficult. And so that that's really why we're doing this is I get kind of frustrated seeing friends and family and I'm, I'm a very, I'm not, I'm not an aggressive personality, you know, I'm very chill and laid back. And sometimes I'll throw out an idea like, Hey, well, why don't you try this? And it's very unexciting. <laughs> People want the new fad. They want the new thing. And to some degree, I understand because it's, it's a motivating thing. Like, Oh, I'm going to try this new thing and that can help me. And there's, there's goodness in that for sure. But it's also frustrating me on the inside whenever I see it's limited progress and then stalls and then uh, people give up. And I think the reason a lot of people give up is because they don't really know where the results are going to come from. Yeah. If you knew exactly how to get the results that you want, I think that would probably alleviate a lot of the stress of going through this whole process. And yeah. So like looking at looking at food. I've tried diets, you know, and not that I really uh, I've been lucky that I haven't really needed them, but like I have, you know, at times tried diets and, and it's really frustrating. Everything you see is like talks about macros and, and I got to know how much protein is in this chicken breast or how much, how many carbs are in this rice. Like, 
like is it makes it so hard to follow and understand if you're eating something good or eating something bad or good for you depending on the type of diet that you're on or bad for you depending on the type of diet it's it, it's it's exorbitantly more confusing uh depending on the diet that you're on if you you know yeah like or just what your goal is really it, everything changes depending on your goal right so totally yeah, that yeah it's totally that and so before we get going and diving in, I'll throw out a disclaimer that should be obvious based on the show intro itself, <laughs> but we're not doctors. We're not licensed trainers or anything at all. Yeah. No. I'm not a licensed filmmaker for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> we're just two guys. We're just two guys. We're not licensed at anything. I have a driver's anything. license. Yeah. So that's it. That's true. I do have yeah. an M class at that, so I can, oh. I can drive motorcycles legally. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, no, not trucks. I'm not a trucker. But yet, you know, ideally we're all coming in this with open minds. You know, I could be wrong about something and regret something a month from now as I learn more, or you could be wrong and have learned a bad habit or myth or assumed your anecdotal evidence is ironclad fact when maybe it isn't. Uh, we're all here learning and it's okay to get it wrong sometimes. So we're exchanging ideas and it's okay if you disagree with me on something I say, uh, that's all, that's all a part of the game. And so of everything, like you could throw out religion, politics, I think I see people get more aggro on fitness culture than, than anything else. Yeah. I mean, if they've, if they've spent, you know, the last four or six months on a particular diet, they're oh, going to fight for that diet. That's so right? true. Otherwise they've wasted their time. <laughs> right. No it. one wants to feel that way. No. Right. And so, yeah, that's, that's basically, you know, what we're, we're doing here and who you're dealing with. And so we'll talk about a lot of things. Uh, I'll, at the very top, right after this rundown, uh, I'll go over the three rules of fat loss, uh, I guess technically defined by me, uh, but I think they're really good and I'll point out why they're good. I'll give you a very quick brief overview for context of my fitness history, just so you have a little bit of idea of who I am, my background. Uh, I think one of the tricky things about before and after pictures is you don't know if this guy used to be a college athlete and yeah, he used to bench right. 350 right. and that transformation all of a sudden looks like, oh my God, you know, in eight weeks, he suddenly became this monster. And it's like, man, there's a thing called muscle memory that can really yeah. uh, cheapen the, the results. And I am not that guy. I've never benched with two plates to be quite honest, like yeah. 205 for, I think two reps was my, maybe three reps, like was the best I've ever done under the bench. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm not that guy. And then we'll do a deeper dive into the three rules and go over things like what is a calorie? Um, why you have failed to lose weight if you've tried and you're like, man, nothing seems to work. I will tell you exactly why it hasn't worked. Um, we'll talk about metabolism myths and other things that don't really matter. Uh, we'll touch on detoxes and juice cleanses, briefly comment on common diets like paleo, keto, whole 30, et cetera. I've actually done, I haven't done almost any diets ever, uh, but I have tried a whole 30 for a month and that was interesting. Um, I don't have anything good or bad to say, but maybe something good, but whatever. Uh, we'll talk about predictability and before and after pics and stats, which I kind of already did. I may have, yeah. may have already covered that one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll 
we'll talk about something called recomping. I'll help define that if you don't know what it is. And uh, measurements, tracking your progress, and some of my favorite tools to do all these things that we're talking about. I'll cover my diet, meal prepping, recipes, supplements, dealing with hunger, in addition to working out, cardio, and lifting weights, and my workout plan and why I chose that, and why you should probably not do the workout that I did. <laughs> and injuries, hard to get around exercising and not worrying about injuries, knees, backs, all kinds of tricky things in human beings. And you've had history with that. Yeah, very long history with back injuries. We'll talk about staying motivated, all the things that I use to keep myself motivated. This was a 30-week period that I that I went through and I really didn't do any cardio. And so for on 30 purpose. Yeah, on purpose just to prove a point um, that it's not in the in spoiler cardio is not one of the three rules, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's about the, so staying motivated, you know, as I kind of drug this process out, uh, methodically, uh, was very critical, uh, for the mission here. Um, well, let's talk about post diet. What happened when I finished? What am I doing now? What are my goals coming up? And how did I respond to, uh, so to speak, crossing the goal line? And, because this is a movie podcast, we'll also talk a little bit about movie bodies. Like whenever you see someone getting ready for a big role or they, their transformation, uh, some things to keep in mind. And we'll comment about that a little bit. Uh, and depending on how we're going, might scan a few articles for common fallacies. Uh, so there's just you could literally and I, this is what I did literally was I Googled something like how to lose fat or how to lose weight. And I just picked like the first three things that I saw. Okay. And so maybe we'll do that. Maybe not. I don't know. It depends on how long we end up running this thing. It sounds and like it's going to be, it's going to be a, a doozy. Yeah. Uh, and we'll also do a quick recap and quick start guide on how to get started because there's going to be so much information by the end. You're probably going to be overwhelmed and feel like uh, you don't know what to do. And so it's probably a good idea to end with a very basic, Hey, here's whatever five quick things that are very easy to do right now uh, to get you started um, and other such stuff and things and stuff. And normally so the, the synopsis here is that <laughs> the synopsis here is that um, West used to be a fat ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what was you, what? Not a fat ass. I'm just playing with you. I but felt like you? it. Uh, you might have felt like it, but you weren't because you're six four. You can you can hold a lot of mass and not look overweight. Right. Yeah. Uh, what were you? Two fifteen. Two seventeen. Two seventeen, and then you finished at one seventy two. That is crazy. <laughs> that is five pounds more than me. That's insane. That is I'm insane. Four inches shorter than you. <laughs> uh, so so you started at two seventeen, ended at one seventy two, over a thirty week period. Yeah. And you did no cardio. Correct. You, you technically I got on the assault bike twice for like three or four minutes each. And if you want to say that that was, you know, the difference here, then we might have a difference of opinion. <laughs> the other thing I did once a week for like three minutes was the uh, it was more for my my back and, and legs. It's just kind of a finisher, uh, a 50 calorie row. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I did that once a week and then twice did an aerosol bike for a couple minutes. Okay. So if, if you're going to say I lost cardio, 45 but because, pounds. But because it's only three minutes, it's not a big deal. It's, it's not, right? If you went for a run for 30 minutes, that's cardio. Right. Or 20 minutes, that's cardio. Completely but agree. Yeah, three minutes, who gives a shit? Um, 
And you did this all to prove a point, yeah. which was that all, all of this convolutedness is just confusing the point of, of losing fat, losing weight, and that it is so much more simple so than the industry lets on because they want you to buy supplements. They want you to buy into this, into this weight loss yeah, they're magazines. Thing. They want you to go if down they, rabbit holes when you're searching for all of these all of these like things. Maybe this would work, maybe that would work, whatever. When in reality, it just comes down to three things. Three things. It's super, cool. super simple. I'm really glad you're doing this. Dude, thanks, man. I'm nervous. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much I'm I'm probably gonna be pretty quiet this whole time. <laughs> uh just so that we can get through everything. I mean, if I have something to say, I'm definitely gonna chime in and I you know, I want to kind of like speak from, try to speak from the point of view of someone who might, um, who might not really believe that it's this easy, mm. right? Yeah. Someone who might, who might say, yeah, but. And if I know. gloss over something, I'm. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about this episode for the last, not quite a year, but probably nine months. Yeah. And in that nine months, I've had like a million things I wanted to say that I simply I'm going to forget about. And so if there's something I gloss over or speed over or you feel like I'm not mentioning, that's your cue. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I'll chime in when I have something to say. But Awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, let's just dive right in. Let's so the, the three rules are not complicated. Uh, rule number one, create a calorie deficit. Rule number two is resistance training or lifting weights. So rule one, right, we're, we're going to lose weight. And in rule two, we're looking at you can only lose weight really from one or one of two places, generally speaking, which is your fat or your muscle. And I think nobody wants to lose. Not going to lose bone muscle. Yeah, you're probably not going to lose very much bone, um, especially if you're if you're lifting weights. And so you by lifting weights, you're, you're sending that signal to your body that, hey, we want to hold on to the muscle. And therefore, your body is like, OK, well, I'm in an energy deficit. I need to come up with that energy from somewhere. Um, and therefore, it's going to pull it from your fat and you're going to end up consuming, you know, your own body for energy because you're eating below your your maintenance. And I'll dive into that more in a minute. So rule two is lifting weights or resistance training, which is way simpler than you probably think it is if you've never been to a gym. Rule three is eat enough protein. How you figure that out uh, is interesting. And there's tons and tons and tons of research and articles that are done on that very specific topic. And no one is really 100% sold on any one method. I think the easiest way uh, for me to figure it out is one gram of protein per pound of lean body mass because other people say, oh, no, you only need 0.82 grams per pound of total body weight. And the reason I like the idea of lean body mass, which is if you ha if you calculate, if you know what how much body fat you have and subtract that from your total body weight, that's your lean body mass. And that is going to include stuff like your organs and your bone and your muscle. That's a really good way to just kind of, if you're really, really overweight, let's say you weigh 350 pounds, you, you probably don't need 300 grams of protein. You probably only have, you know, close to 200 pounds of, of lean body mass in there. So it doesn't make sense to add in all this crazy, ridiculous extra amount of protein that uh, you probably don't need in order to retain your muscle and help them recover. And so that's it. Those are the three rules. Create a deficit, lift weights, eat protein. And I'll get into how you can 
do those things, you know, in a very smart, methodical way that allows you to figure out when am I done? Yeah. <laughs> when am I going to see results? It's much, much faster than you think. Real quick, my background, my fitness background, if you want to call it that, uh, I'm the youngest of four little Texas town, tiny, nowhere. Uh, my, my big brother, uh, Trav got like a Bowflex knockoff and I was like 10. And so I would jack around on that. I like doing squats cause you know, your legs are stronger so you can do more weight on squats. Yeah, more bands. Uh, yeah. I wish, I wish I could have done, I would have done more, uh, benching, <laughs> but as it goes, uh, but beyond that, like he started training and teaching me a lot. Uh, and he would take me to the gym, uh, whenever he got into, you know, junior high and, uh, high school. And then I got into sports and if you're in high school sports in Texas, for sure, you're, you're in the weight room. So seventh grade started working out, but in ninth grade, I made a good friend uh, named Raymond. And so I'm high school athlete, football, basketball, to some extent, baseball. That was when I first started getting back issues was playing baseball. Uh, it was actually in basketball, but it hurt more in baseball. So I quit baseball, but I had made a good buddy in town named Raymond, who was older guy, worked at a local pizza hut, but he lived so far out of town that he, I would let him crash in my place because uh, more or less I kind of lived by myself in high school and he was a bodybuilder. And so Raymond, after my high school workout, I'd go to sports, you know, in the gym, do all that. He would then drive me all the way uh, to College Station, which was about a half hour from my town of Somerville. And we would work out again. I would do his workout now. And so I started learning a lot as this pips week about how to lift weights, how to breathe whenever you're lifting. You know, I'm 15 years old learning all these techniques and watching him log his workouts like he would have spreadsheets and he printed one out for me too so so that I could log my workouts uh and <laughs> anytime I was like man we did legs yesterday he's like oh you're young you're fine <laughs> like, <laughs> you're doing them again today so uh two leg days um and he, yeah he just didn't care and he was he was awesome like I learned so much from him that I still use today and this was in I don't know, the mid nineties. And so obviously research has, you know, progressed a lot since then and methods and techniques. Uh, but I owe a lot to Raymond and, and getting me in gyms for several years before, you know, the high school coaches, I mean, they're doing their own weird things, especially yeah. in backwater towns like mine. Oh yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> and so yada, yada, after high school, I didn't work out for a year or two. And then we got a home gym. Uh, like my roommate was a ex Colorado Buffalo uh, football player. Yeah. And so he built out this badass gym in his garage and we would lift in there and he pulled me in one day and we just kind of went to work and that kind of reignited my, my passion again. And then once we were just talking about this, like once you get this passion going, you just go with it for as long as you can. And for me, it was researching and reading and uh, reading books. And I just got so deep into, you know, the literature and the science. And I like to read studies, believe it or not. Uh, I may not be able to parse all the language in there and all the results, but I can certainly take the abstract and uh, some of the methodology and make heads or tails of that for sure. Uh, and it's funny because nobody would ever look at me and say, oh, yeah, I want your advice. Uh, and that's fine. Like to some extent you want the guy who looks like he could lift a mountain to give you your advice. But the, I just want to add a note of caution, two things. For one, if you're 
hesitant to go talk to that guy, don't be. He's probably the nicest guy in the gym. Yeah. And he will give you, you know, all his advice. I'm just saying don't necessarily take it word for word. And at the end of the day, you don't know how someone got to where they are. Yeah. And you don't know how someone looks. Judging what someone knows by the look isn't necessarily the way to go. Uh, judge it by the content uh, to get a little MLKE on MLK Day. Perfect. We're, we're recording on the yeah. uh, 20th right now. Yeah. And so I also uh, was just, you know, picking up so much information. And it was in this time, I was like 24 when I ran across uh, the three rules. It was posted on a random bodybuilding.com forum post. And this guy uh, basically said this. He said, I think he said it in a different way. If I can find that posting, I'll, I'll post it uh, and I'll link you, link you to it. There's going to be a ton of links in this, uh, yeah. in this piece. But it was very simple. He didn't waste time. He was just like, these are the only three things you need to do. To the point where this guy was saying that he, and I believed him, uh, there were, that he would have a protein shake a day, four scoops. It gave him about 100 grams. And he was a smaller guy. I think he was like 5'8", five, 5'10". Five, and so he only needed probably like 150, 160 grams of protein. And so he 100 grams was met just through his protein shake that he said he would sip throughout the day. I don't know why I remember this so well, but it's always stuck with me. And for the other whatever, let's say 1,000 calories that he had to burn or 1,400, he would go to Burger King and eat the rest of those calories at Burger King. And he would have one meal a day. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. He was like, that's what made me happy. That's what made this sustainable. I could never do that. <laughs> like, I would be <laughs> miserable. But I think it's hilarious that, you know, and he would show his before and after pictures and uh, let you see what he's working on right now. And people, and it was just one of those simply flooring things where you're like, man, it's, it's, it's not more complicated than that. Yeah, it blew me away. Uh, and so throughout the years, I've, I've done this. I, was in a bulking phase whenever I came across the rules 15 years ago and I bulked. <laughs> if you want to call it that, I, I got big <laughs> because I ate a lot and I was working on protein, but I didn't take the best tactic. And so I looked up and I was like, okay, I'm at 230 now. So let's, cool. let's work on that. And so eventually I was like 28 when I finally started cutting and I dropped 30 pounds doing a, a this, you know, but I also did so much more. I was working out like 10, 12 times a week. I would lift three times a week. Whoa. And then I would do on my weightlifting days. This is when we were down at the, uh, six in Congress yeah. office. I would, for my lunch break, go run. I'd go do cardio for half an hour. I hadn't committed to the no cardio mindset yet. So <laughs> you're I'll, still having to do that. Yeah. So I'd go do cardio and then on my not on um, like so that was monday wednesday friday i was cardio and then weights in the evening um after work and then i would go do boxing i would I'd box uh tuesdays thursdays sometimes saturdays sometimes i'd also add in another cardio session uh before my boxing uh training and so before yeah oh geez and so it was just madness like i was going crazy and the results were coming really difficult but i'll get into that uh, later in the episode, because that leads to some surprising, interesting uh, anecdotes, I suppose. Okay. But yeah, so that's kind of the, the general idea. And now... Uh, so you never, when you were, all this working out that you were, were doing from the time you were 15 until, you know, 28, when you like found these 
these these rules or whatever uh you were just were you on a plan yeah i mean i would plan my workouts for sure i never worked out the nutrition yeah you were just working out to like to basically like say that you're working out more or less or were you trying for a specific result i mean get jacked right yeah right i mean uh yeah just but without the nutrition side pinned down i was never going to get there yeah Um, i didn't really realize that fully like i understood that to some degree i just didn't know what it actually meant and every time i would look up articles it would be stuff like uh eat chicken and broccoli um and rice and do that three times a day kind of stuff it's like man that that's not sustainable no especially not for me i'm not a foodie but i like food (laughs) yeah right and not that but i did that whenever i dropped the 30 pounds that's basically what i was doing i would roast chicken and vegetables every night and that would be basically my dinner yeah um and i was severely unhappy (laughs) (laughs) oh okay but let's dive deeper so rule number one create a calorie deficit this is also known as calories in calories out now we first kind of have to ask the question what is a calorie and so in the most basic sense it's just how we measure energy for humans like you could call a calorie an energy unit and that's basically the same thing for me i need like 2300 energy units (laughs) (laughs) per day per day in order to sustain my current weight and so This brings up an interesting idea, which is the first law of thermodynamics, and this is a simplified version of it, is energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So if you take in a calorie, you either use it or you hold on to it until you do. And your body stores this energy mostly in one of two ways, which is, as I said earlier, muscle or fat. That's it. I'm sorry, but you you don't get to think you know your body doesn't uh, is not exempt from the laws of thermodynamics right um and so if you're taking in energy your body's really good at processing it and holding on to it are we going to get to does your how does your body decide what to store it as no not probably not i mean it's okay. really deep side if you want to go into that you're more than welcome to um yeah. but i i'm just going to try to keep this fairly high level okay. um because i'm sure there's a lot of people listening that this is all new concepts to them yeah uh, so it's that weird balance of people who already know this shit versus people who are you know just walking in the door yeah um but basically we have an equation calories in versus calories out what we eat versus what we use it's very very simple i think uh it's easiest to start by understanding your maintenance needs or what's called your tdee which stands for total daily energy expenditure tdee We can just call it our maintenance calories. Um, This is what your body needs to stay the same weight. And if you Google for a TDE calculator to see a good idea of what you need, uh, that's that's a pretty way to that's a great way to get started. Like for me, uh, mine is about twenty three hundred calories per day, as I was saying a minute ago. Uh, So if I eat that twenty three hundred calories, I won't change weight by much, assuming I suddenly don't like run a marathon like you're about to do yeah, right. <laughs> or a half like you just did yeah. yesterday yesterday jeez bro yeah and so it's important to make a distinction here total daily energy expenditure is different from your bmr your basal metabolic rate that's not a good cal- caloric measurement um that's basically for you know coma patients you know people 
people who, people who don't move don't move at all yeah um their energy needs are very different and i don't think anyone listening to this right now is in a coma and if you are wake up <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome and so TDE figures in that you're a person who at a minimum wakes up and stays conscious for most of the day. And I really mean that because I'm not a very active person. You might think, oh, but you know, you don't do cardio, but you're a filmmaker. Maybe you're on your feet all day. I'm really, truly not. And I'm going to be super blatantly honest right now about how I spend most of my day. And you don't have to tell me it's not healthy. I already know that. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, I work from home from my bed. 90% of my day. I'm not exaggerating. I can show you my steps on my non-workout days. (laughs) And it's like sometimes 200 steps a day if I'm not going to the gym or running around on set, Uh, which I'm only on set for a few days a month. So it's just usually not that big of a deal. And so whenever I'm looking up my my TDE uh, calculator, they're going to ask for a lot of things. They're asked for your age, your gender, how much you weigh, your height, your activity level, which for me is sedentary. (laughs) (laughs) And there's an option there for your body fat percentage, if you know it, which I'll, if you don't, and you want to, I'll tell you how to do that uh, in a little bit later. And so, yeah, I'm very sedentary. I still was able to manage losing weight without, you know, making cardio uh, a thing. And so if you know your maintenance needs and you eat less than that, then you create an energy deficit in your body. My body needs 2,300 calories, but if I only eat 1,500 calories, then do I just stop living? No. My body will start to consume itself for energy, and this is what we want if we want to lose weight. You want your body to start using itself for energy. And of course, that's going to come with, you know, being a little bit hungry and all that stuff. But if we were only concerned about losing weight, then this is the only rule we really need. You just create a calorie calorie deficit, you know, done. There's a lot of ways you can do that. And we'll get into that. But seriously, if you're, you know, looking down the barrel and you're like, man, I'm I'm 500 pounds and I need to get this under control now and for good. You're not worried about muscle. You're yeah. worried about getting rid of fat. Absolutely. Yeah. Then rule one, just do that for a while. Yeah. You know, uh, no judgment here, man. I, I know people like this and it's yeah. okay. Like yeah. do what you got to do and we're all rooting for you. There's, there's no reason that you can't get back to where you want to be. It's not beyond reach. So you mentioned this guy earlier that he, he said, you know, he'd have his protein shake and then he'd go and he'd eat, he'd eat uh, junk Burger King. Yeah. So is a calorie a calorie? If I'm at a 2,000 calorie a day maintenance, right, could I eat 1,500 calories in pizza and ice cream? Absolutely. It would still work. You would not be happy. No, I would be miserable. And because I, I could eat one and a half pieces of pizza <laughs> and three scoops of ice cream and I'm done. Done for the That's day. It. Yeah. It's a miserable way to go. I would, I just wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. Like, because from the standpoint of energy maintenance and calorie deficits, yeah, calories a calorie. Now, I don't think you'll be your healthiest. I don't think you'll be mentally as strong. And I think by going through this process, you will gravitate towards the healthier things. I don't think there's a, a lot of ways to get around that unless you really are just the guy who doesn't mind waiting until whatever, 9 p.m. at night right. and gorging on 
whatever, 11 and 1200 calories. Well, you know, you could garbage. eat, yeah. And you could eat, you know, two pieces of pizza or you could eat cucumbers and carrots all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Literally. Like, like yeah. I'm really hungry and grab some carrots. Like, and, and, or grow, whatever satisfies you. I feel like I'm a very tactile person. Mm-hmm. And so eating something that's squishy is not nearly as satisfying for me as eating something that's crunchy. When I was doing this with you, when you first told me about this, I would do stuff like that. I would eat, you know, like crackers and it's satisfying, right? Just yeah, to have something. Yeah. Like a handful of nuts or something to or chew on. Yeah. But, and maybe I'll just throw this out there right now. There are so many things you can cook that are delicious and low calorie and give you enough protein that I, I mean, I, I created, I have looking at like 45 recipes that I made that I'm posting on the site that you can just go and look and use them as your inspiration to spin off and create your own idea. Like Wes used 78 pounds of chicken. I don't want to do that. I want a quarter of a pound. <laughs> <laughs> like that's fine. Like manipulate it to your taste. The point isn't, you know, that I'm a chef because I'm super not. <laughs> the point is, uh, anybody can do this and there's millions of ways to go about approaching it that are very satisfying and will okay. leave you feeling like your day is better for it, not worse for it. Okay. I don't want to derail it. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. So with the same logic, the idea of calories in versus calories out you can see how easy it is to gain weight and keep it on. Think of one pound of fat. Okay, now this averages to be about 3,500 calories worth for one pound of fat. Now that's an average. It's not literal. I think I've read that a pound of fat can be as few as like 3,200 calories and it can be as much as like 4,000 calories. Uh, And so we use 3,500 as a really strong average. And if anybody has any research or links that better, you know, uh, can elucidate us on that, then great. Send it over. But okay. So 3,500 calories, it means, and that's a lot, right? Yeah. You, you can gain one pound of fat by eating 3,500 calories. How difficult is that? Well, let's say you're like me and haven't been drinking coffee most of your life. Like I am very sensitive to stimulants and I finally got into it. I finally figured it out. Uh, and this is one of those things that's really helped me deal with like depression. <laughs> like, okay, now I have energy to do stuff. <laughs> and so Welcome I, to the world, yeah, my friend. Basically, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is how y'all stare down the abyss every day. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the abyss of the day. <laughs> I like it. And so you don't, I don't want to drink it black. That's not my style. I want a little coffee creamer. You'd be surprised how much calories in coffee creamer, especially if you pour it in the way I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're not drinking coffee. Not I'm, not. I'm drinking milk with yeah. coffee. Yes. And so it's pretty calorie dense, though. And on a conservative level, let's say you pour about 100 calories worth of creamer into your coffee, which I really think is very conservative. If you look on the back, those things are like 35 to 50 calories per tablespoon. Yeah. Not knowing nobody pouring one tablespoon <laughs> in, in, their, in their coffee. That ain't nothing. Um, so 100 calories per day over the course of a month is about a pound of fat. And that's just 100 calories. So that's a pound a month. And you look up over the course of one year, that's an extra 10 to 12 pounds of fat you've put on. Your weight just creeps up. I don't think anybody, any of us other than in December, look up and say, man, I put on five pounds this month. That doesn't really happen. Yeah. 
we just kind of slowly creep up and that's how um and again that's a conservative estimate of 100 calories if you switch jobs or you start trying out a new snack or the holidays hit over the years we just slowly add more and more weight because we are much more likely to consistently overeat calories than we are to consistently create a calorie deficit we respond to hunger and you'll probably be hungry while in a deficit so you're probably not going to hang out there for very long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so this is why you may have failed to lose weight. You just didn't create a calorie deficit. You're, you're not breaking the laws of the universe, I promise. Uh, you're just either eating too much or you're not burning it off enough. And that's really the only options you get. You can, you can stop eating as much or you can just burn more off. Yeah. And it's so much harder <laughs> I'm jumping the gun here, but it's so much harder to burn 100 calories than it is to just not eat them. Like, oh, wow. That is infinitely easier. If you take anything away from this, take that away. I feel like that is the key here. Yeah. Is that it is so much harder to burn 100 calories than to not eat them. That is brilliant. Brilliant thing to say. It's so simple. Yeah. And so if you said, man... I've tried this and it didn't work. It's because of only one of two reasons. Either you're overestimating how much you're burning or you're underestimating how much you're eating. It's probably the former. You're probably not really calculating very well how how much you're you're taking in. Labels, you know, are there to guide you, but and I'll get into some of my tools, but you'd be surprised how off some of these labels are, especially if you go out to eat. Restaurants and I this is my own theory restaurants probably underestimate their calorie counts on their menus, the ones that actually make them because for one, they don't want you to feel guilty about what you're about to eat. And then as someone who's there in person and a server who's looking to be tipped, uh, they're probably going to serve you more than to give you your money's worth, so to speak. Um, by contrast, manufacturers, when you're buying stuff off the shelf, uh, tend to don't not give you enough. They, they, there's probably some legal law in there that uh, that's redundant. No, legal law. <laughs> there's probably some <laughs> law, laws. Uh, there's some regulation that says you need to, you know, for truth in advertising or whatever labeling, then you need to be within a certain percentage of whatever you're claiming is inside this box. And I get it. But there's I, I weigh my food sometimes and I'm just out of curiosity, like, oh, this can of tuna says there's whatever, you know, ounce and a half. And it's like one ounce or it's like. 80% there, 70% there of what they're claiming is actually there. And every rare once in a while, like I bought some beef jerky and it's like three, three servings in, in here. And I waited and I was like, man, there's like an extra third of a serving in here. That's unusual, especially for jerky. That's, that's expensive stuff. Um, yeah. You don't normally run across that, uh, which is a weird thing to nerd about. <laughs> <laughs> Not for you. Not for me. So that would be the only way uh, because, again, the law of thermodynamics really states that you can't just take a calorie uh, and then suddenly it stays on forever despite, you know, creating a deficit. It, you, your body just really doesn't function that way. Um, and I, I can hear some of you, you know, yelling at me right now and I'll get to it in a second. Just hold on. <laughs> and so how do you create a calorie deficit? The simple way is to eat less. You know, if you create a deficit of 500 to 1,000 calories per day, 
then you will lose one to two pounds per week on average. The other option is you could exercise more and you can look to burn 500 to 1,000 calories per day uh, and you will lose one to two pounds uh, per week. And so the emphasis really is on calories in, calories out, not necessarily on the exercise. Do whatever is going to make you happiest. If, you, if you're like Todd and you look, how many miles did you run last week, Todd? Uh, 48, 49. <laughs> Weirdo. I'm training for a marathon, man. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> well, it's normally not like that when I'm not training for a marathon. But. Yeah, well, you, normally it's 20 or 30 miles, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> whatever. And so if you're not like Todd and you don't enjoy all of that, <laughs> yeah. um, I ran one with you and that was it. <laughs> finished. One marathon. One marathon. Yes, we read, that was my first marathon ever. Man, and I appreciate you waiting for me, by the way. That was like, a, it was, it was awesome. Really cool. It was awesome. It was really cool to cross the line with you. Yeah. Um, but if, if you don't enjoy that, stuff like me, um, then just work on the diet side. Uh, there are minimum caloric needs. I don't want to like encourage people to start going crazy. Don't try to go to like 500 calories. Uh, the recommended minimum for guys is 1500 calories minimum per day. Um, the minimum recommendation for women is 1200 calories. Uh, and yes, all of this applies to men and women. This isn't just, uh, me speaking for guys and this only applies to guys uh, and we'll get into weightlifting and women uh, in a bit it's uh, you've probably been misled or you're holding on to some myths with that uh, i'll try to remember i didn't put it in my notes unfortunately i keep thinking about it without writing it but you want to get those minimums in try not to go below that too much or too often uh, just because it can create issues i don't want to like start being alarmist here but if you do eat too little for too long uh, you can start creating issues like hair loss among other things it's just it's just not great so really try to aim to get your minimum in uh, and and consult your doctor of course if you have any questions about if that should be adjusted for whatever your particular conditions are let that just be this is a this is a a long-term thing like you have to be in it for the journey right so if you're wanting to lose you know 10 pounds a week don't do that don't <laughs> because do that, that requires you not eating at all yeah uh and i mean you need calories not just for your to maintain weight but for brain function and and you know like well, for brain function. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. That's, I'll say it twice. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a winner right there. Uh, it's like, it's a, I, I know that, it, I just want to, I'll just say this, uh, and I'll be quiet again. I know that there's plenty of people out there that are like, I just, I really need to lose weight, like now. And I get that. But it took you, a while, it probably took you a while to gain it. Yeah. Imagine how how long it took you, and it's way easier to gain weight than it is to lose. To lose, but if you imagine, if you imagine gaining two pounds a week for ten weeks, right? You gain twenty pounds. Now imagine losing two pounds a week. You can do that. You can do that in the same amount of time, but it takes ten weeks to do that. So you you can't just say I want to lose twenty pounds in a week. You have it has to be a long term goal, and you have to like stay on this particular path. You have to it has to be a mindset. It can't just be be like a I'm going to do this, and then when I hit that hit that goal, then I'm just going to go off the rails. Like yeah. that's that's why I find a way to like it seven day 14 day and even to some extent 30 day diets really bother me is because yeah. most of the people that they're targeting 
have needs that are far beyond a 30 day fix. Like I can do now after having gone through this, a 30 day fix can do a lot for me, but I'm no longer, you know, 30 pounds overweight beyond where I want to be. And so, yes, everything you just said is so on point and such a good uh, comment, like be thinking about the long term. But let's go into metabolism myths. So just to put it out there. Your metabolism's fine. You haven't damaged it. I know there's a lot of worry about that. There's there's so much talk. It's almost a, a myth in itself, metabolism. For one, metabolism doesn't really slow down um, or speed up. It's really kind of a catch-all idea of the way your body goes about managing your energy. It's how, you know, you it determines how much energy you need and how to break down your food to metabolize it for energy. Uh, So it's just really this basic idea that your body is responding to your energy needs. And if you're sedentary like I am, your needs aren't very much. Uh, If you're very active and you have what's called a neat or uh, non-exercise I forget what it means. There's basically all the fidgeting, uh, which I do have that. uh, It's bothered many people. (laughs) I I don't do it on purpose. I'm not nervous. I just, I fidget. Like I bounce my leg a lot, stuff like that. Um, That's called neat. And so you burn a little bit of extra calories through that stuff. But generally the the metabolism, you should just stop thinking about it. It, It's fine. They, there was a study recently done. uh, I'll link this in the, in the show notes where they were curious to see the different metabolisms uh, around the world. And so they kind of looked at Europe and they looked at America and they compared it against uh, the sub-Saharan African tribe, uh, I think it was in Kenya, that was hunter-gatherers still. Um, and that was just their lifestyle. And with the idea of thinking that if, if anybody has higher energy needs and their metabolism has shifted, uh, it would be someone, a group like that, that for generations uh, has been hunter-gathering. And what they found was, no, their metabolism is the same as uh, the couch potato in my house, <laughs> which, which is <laughs> which me. Which is you. <laughs> and, and anybody else. So if you feel like you're like some uh, helpless case, helpless cause, you're not. You're fine. I promise you. Don't assume you're an outlier. Like maybe there's like one in a hundred million that has some issue that really is just this crazy one-off thing. Don't assume that's you. Don't assume you're the outlier. You're not that special. Assume you're normal. And I mean this in the best way possible. (laughs) You're not that special. You're not that special. Um, And for emphasis on this and before anybody's like, well, what would you know about it? I have a low thyroid. I'm hypothyroidic. Uh, I have hypothyroidism. I take the medication levothyroxine every morning, 88 micrograms, and I have to wait an hour before I eat anything every single day. But what I really want to point out here is I didn't know that I had a low thyroid until after I dropped that 30 pounds uh, whenever I was 28. It took me six months of killing myself in order to drop those 30 pounds and like six months later, I found out that I had a low thyroid. I'm like, man, that medication would have made this process a whole <laughs> lot easier. <laughs> but I still managed to drop a ton of weight. Uh, I just didn't know why it was so difficult so hard, and right? so erratic. Like yeah. the, the whole process was very erratic and weird. And I, I just didn't understand it. So if you find, find yourself thinking that maybe there's something wrong, go get checked up. 
Yeah. Dum dum. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you doing? There might be something wrong. There might be something there. Uh, but go go get it. Like for most things, there's some kind of medication. There's there are some random things that make things much more difficult. A friend of ours uh, has PMDD uh, thing with PMS that uh, makes life incredibly difficult for her, uh, especially whenever she's trying to lose weight. Uh, but there's but there's still there's still solutions. There's still ways to, to achieve your goals. Don't just assume that because you have an issue that it's you're, you're beyond repair. You're not. You're fine. I promise. Everything's going to be okay. Get a doctor's opinion and get to work. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no reason you can't do it. Uh, again, like, I, I have my issues too. And we deal with it. Yeah. This is the only life we get. And so... Let's touch on some things that don't really matter while we're on the subject of <laughs> okay. myths and stuff that, eh, whatever. So some of these things are technically true, but practically useless. Uh, <laughs> something like meal timing and frequency. There's this old idea of, well, if you eat smaller meals, six small meals throughout the day, it'll rev up your metabolism. Uh, <laughs> it's technically true, but really meaningless. Um, and so it was one of these studies where they said, oh, man, every time they eat, you know, their metabolism spikes. And so the more frequently you eat, the more your metabolism will stay revved up. True, because you've ate, your body's now metabolizing all of that and breaking it down for energy and storage and use and whatever. But you know what? If you were to take those same meals and break them into two meals, like or combine them, I should say, instead of you, you know, a thousand calories spread over six meals. Now you eat a thousand calories over two meals. You get a, a correspondingly bigger hike in your metabolism. Like it's it's going to be the exact same calorie burn as it would if you ate in six different meals. So it's not. Those kinds of things aren't impacting the the bottom line. So whenever you think of I'm going to trick my metabolism, you're not. Yeah. It, you just can't. It yeah. doesn't really work that way. The only thing that you should be considering is, will eating six small meals make my day better for me and make this whole process more sustainable? That's the only thing that really matters. It's, what about eating late at night? Oh, it doesn't. I, dude, I eat so late every yeah. single night. Every single night I would have... Uh, for like the first four months, my my late night snack definitely every night was a bowl of yogurt with fruit and a scoop of protein. I would mix in the protein into this flavorless yogurt uh, and it tasted amazing. That's like my favorite thing in the world. Wow. Uh, and then okay. I would cut up like a banana, a uh, full banana and then half a cup or uh, yeah, half a cup of blueberries. And I would eat that. And then immediately fall asleep. I uh -huh. that's big for me. I can be hungry in the day. I'm not a hangry kind of person. Uh -huh. Like I don't mind being hungry for the majority of the day. I refuse. I cannot fall asleep on a on a hungry stomach though. That's okay. absolute misery for me. Uh, doesn't work. So it's more yeah, about me too. really. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> it's no. the worst, right? If I'm hungry. I eat. Man. <laughs> it's it's gonna happen. Yeah. And so yeah, meal timing frequency. It doesn't matter for your calories sake. It only really matters for uh, your sustainability and what makes you personally happy. Things that don't really matter either, how many carbs or fats you're eating. Like as long for me, as long as I got my protein in, I would just eat any whatever, whatever else it didn't. I don't care. Like I wasn't counting my carbs or my fats. I yeah. literally 100 percent. I would eat the whole egg 
multiple times a day. Like it's all the fat, all the carbs. Like uh, as long as I hit my protein, I literally just don't care. And so, and another thing, uh, drinking water first thing in the morning. People think, oh, well, if you drink water, it'll get your metabolism. Eh. <laughs> I guess like you're not going to end up burning more calories today because you had a glass of water at 8 a.m. It's just not happening. There is this idea of the fat burning zone. Um, that's the thing that's technically true, but practically useless. Like you're you may be technically burning fat when you're in whatever working out, let's just say. But the thing is, your body replenishes what it uses unless you're in a deficit. Like yeah. your body is is fully capable of remembering, yeah, I had a pound of fat earlier today. Let's refill that with these new calories that are, you know, at maintenance or more than. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So don't feel like you need to target the fat burning zone or anything like it doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Surprisingly, I don't think really matters either is your age. Not as much as people think. I don't think your your calorie uh, maintenance needs really start diving until much later in life than you would probably assume. Yeah. Um, like we just get lazy. We get lazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally it. <laughs> <laughs> but like my if if I run a calculation like me now versus me whenever I was twenty eight, like twenty eight me versus thirty eight or thirty nine me, same thing. I have the same calorie mm -hmm. needs based on our finest estimations <laughs> and probably based on my experience. <laughs> yeah. And so age, you're probably fine. You're, yeah. you're not off the rails. It's not as bad as you think. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that the bigger thing that happens or the thing that definitely does happen is that like men, you know, men and women, they retain fat in certain areas of your body. Differently, right? for sure. Differently. And I, I feel like that's, it's just more noticeable, you know, the pound goes right where it goes instead yeah. of like all over, you know, it's going to go to that spot, yeah. right? Instead of like, like a little bit in your arms or a little bit in your legs, but you know, like yeah. guys is going to go to your gut and women, it's going to go to your hips. Like it's just what it is, the older that you get. Um, but that being said, this process, right, can mm -hmm. work for both. Oh yeah. For, you know, I mean, Absolutely. my father-in-law is 70 and the guy he's is goals. in as good a shape as me. He's, he's current unreal. goals. Yeah. He, he's almost, he's 70. He has current goals. And I'm 39 now. And I'm yeah. like, can I look like that? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. It can work whether, you know, guy, girl, whatever, you'll lose the weight in those places that you're worried about. Yeah. Um, especially if you're following all three rules. And so while we're here on the, the whole myths and stuff, uh, let's touch on detoxes and juice cleanse diets. You're, this is really hard to say because these things are, are not good in, in terms of what they're vaguely promising to accomplish. And I know most people have probably tried a detox or a juice cleanse. And the thing is, the thing you really need to understand about detoxing, quote unquote, is your body already has built in toxin filters, your lungs, your kidneys, your liver. Like if those things start failing, I promise paprika and lemon juice will not fix the issue. <laughs> I absolutely yeah, like yeah. there's and I've never seen any of these, you know, sites or people who are selling whatever the books, they don't tell you exactly what they're supposed to be detoxing anyway. And so 
but the most important thing is your body already has these these toxin filters uh, that are hopefully perfectly working and, and you're treating them well. The one thing I will say that maybe you can make a case for is not necessarily if you want to call it a detox would be to like give your liver a break if you drink a lot. Like maybe take yeah. a month or two off and yeah. give your liver a break there. That I would call that a detox. If you want to detox, do that. Um, but otherwise, if you're if you're fine on the if you're not taking a lot of drugs or alcohol or whatever, then there's the detox isn't going to really do anything. The result you're seeing, especially those seven day cleanses, is kind of a fake weight loss because it's it's water weight. Whenever you eat, your 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 body begins to take in uh, water in order to help break down and process the food in your system, and so whenever you're you're cutting calories out suddenly in and the in that process can take several days like it can take two three uh maybe sometimes up to a week i don't know depending on what you're eating i'll link y'all to a really great uh post uh by i think it was a nurse i forget who it was someone posted uh from the medical community i'll say that the the whole process of the way your body processes food and, and what water weight is and so the thing is whenever you start reducing calories and that's basically what you're doing on these juice cleanses is you're no longer eating right you're not really taking in any calories anymore then you're shedding all the the waste in your system along with the water that was processing it and so you drop all this weight but it's not real weight it's not like yeah. you dropped you know seven pounds of fat because you're going to drink it you're going to drink and put it right back in yeah as soon as you have your first meal uh, then your second and your third, your body is going to pull all that water and all that, all that stuff is going to rebuild up into your system again. I go out on long rides. I'll lose eight pounds. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. After an Ironman, yeah. I'll lose more. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've, it's not good. It's not healthy. Yeah. Right. Obviously. Um, and you try to not, you try to drink a lot, but that means nothing. So it means wild. nothing yeah. because I, at the moment I come in, I'm so hungry. I just basically eat eight pounds of food <laughs> and drink eight pounds of water. And then I'm right back to where I was. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, and I would be surprised. Like I would, I would be curious, uh, how much of that is probably fat. I mean, after a certain point, you're probably, yeah. you're probably chewing into, you know, a good amount of fat store. I remember watching this documentary about a guy who was trying to swim, uh, some channel, some British channel. And they were like, they showed up kind of the before and after. And it was, I don't know, several hours of swimming. Um, oh yeah. And by the end of it, they showed that, you know, he lost, you know, four or five pounds of fat just as his body uh -huh. trying to find energy to keep going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so th what we're talking, talking about is, like a, a different kind of thing. Slightly. Like we're talking about training yeah. for like endurance. And yeah. the whole point of training for endurance is to teach your body to burn fat rather than glycogen. So, cause you only have a certain amount of glycogen that you can store. Glycogen is like, like carbs and the human body can only store up to about two hours of carbs for an extended activity, which is why there's the wall when you run a marathon so what you do is you train up to a certain heart rate and then anything over that heart rate, then you're, you start tapping into glycogen, but anything below that heart rate, you're burning fat. So yeah, that, that's a whole never conversation. That's um, so cool. And I'm assuming that I know, right. It's cool. But I'm assuming that a lot of people listening or watching or whatever don't 
do what I do, um, or want to, or have any (laughs) desire to, um, because that's a whole nother kind of, kind of conversation. We're talking about just general burning, you know, losing weight, burning fat through burn fat burn. Yeah. Yeah. And especially through like juice cleansing or whatever, like as you're drinking water and I, I don't know what they drink. It's like some kind of water, lemon juice. Yeah. Like concoction. Yeah. Some kind Um, of spicy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and so whenever you're, you're those, not a lot of calories, if any, in those juice cleanses, you're just, you're getting rid of all this non fat, not maybe a little bit of muscle. I don't know. Uh, but your body is probably consuming itself a little bit for energy. And so to some extent, I'm sure you'll lose a little bit of weight, but because of your habits, you're not really going to see a lot of long-term benefit of that because that's not a long-term plan. Yeah. And so, what and that's kind of the interesting thing too uh just going off of another small tangent is whenever i start my first week of reducing calories is always kind of crazy because of that very thing because of dropping the water weight and yeah, waste yeah. in my system that's been built up from uh eating too much garbage or just even too much food like it could be perfectly healthy food and you're still carrying around a lot of that uh that weight And so that first week, you're going to see an abnormally large drop in your weight. That is not your standard. Like my first week, I dropped uh, seven pounds and that wasn't it was practically meaningless in, in the grand scheme of my goal, because I knew like a good five or six of that wasn't wasn't fat it was just water and water retention but that's also good to know because sometimes you know on this process you might go on a binge maybe you go on a a vacation or you go to a a office party and you have you know a couple snacks and you wake up the next day and you're like oh i'm three pounds more than i was yesterday and you're fine because most of that's water yeah, I promise you didn't manage to eat whatever that is, like 10,000 <laughs> calories over your over your maintenance. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. That's not how that's going to go down. You might feel down. fat, yeah. but it's it's probably water and it's probably the food you haven't pooped out yet. Yep. That's, that's all yeah. it is. Right. Yeah. And that's fine. And so with that in mind. <laughs> You're talking about poop? Nope. Not no. anymore. Okay. <laughs> uh, but what does clean eating mean? Like, what is that? What does it even mean? It's kind of a meaningless phrase, I think, just because someone's idea of a healthy breakfast, and we all have these kind of generic ideas and images that pop up when we think about clean eating. Um, but someone's idea of a healthy breakfast could be like a banana, orange juice, almond butter on wheat bread. Like that all sounds like really healthy stuff, but that's going to combine to be like 500, 600 calories. And so that's calorically dense. And even though it sounds healthy and maybe it's giving your body a lot of good nutrients, going back to what you said earlier, it's all about what your goal is. And if your goal is to lose fat or to lose weight, then that may not be a healthy breakfast for you right now. That might not be, you know, ideal with that in mind, the diets can work with pretty much any style of eating. Uh, so whether you're paleo or keto or Atkins, whole 30, what have you, um, it, it all works. It's all fine. Like it's the only real question is, are you happy eating that way? Is that, you know, the kind of food choices that you enjoy and does it make you feel good, you know, throughout the day or at least when you eat it? <laughs> like yeah. at minimum? Um, that's the only real question. All those things work. 
and don't work at the same time. Because again, you can eat paleo all you want or you can eat keto all you want. But if you're not creating a, a calorie deficit, then the rule still applies. Like you don't get to lose weight just because you're, you're eating a particular type of food. And I think a lot of success, you know, switching to a new diet is because you're, you don't know what you can eat. So you probably eat stricter at first and there's, it's kind of a new challenge. You probably through switching your diet from what you're used to, creating a, a, an energy deficit just by virtue of I'm no longer eating the junk that I was using. Um, and so even someone switching from keto to paleo would probably see a benefit just from the mindset and the food choices suddenly being radically different. Uh, and But whenever you stay on one of these long enough, you begin to find these little snacks that are probably a little more calorically dense, a little less you know healthier. Uh, and you have... And, the calories just kind of creep back up again. Uh, I would imagine anyway, I've never done any of those. Uh, Whole 30 I did for a month, which it was just, I dropped like six pounds of water weight and it was right there whenever I returned. The one thing I really liked about Whole 30 was it, it showed me that I really don't care if I'm not eating bread which is a weird thing. Uh, Oh, you poor human. Yeah. Like I would stopped eating bread and rice and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of fine with that. Like, and so for like a good year and a half, two years, I really didn't need any other than if I went to like get a burger or somewhere out to eat. But whenever it came to buying groceries and most of my life, I've, I've cooked for myself. Like I'm not a very crazy eater. Uh, I never have been from my youth. I was more out of poverty, but uh, <laughs> yeah. and, well, as an adult, it's more out of poverty. <laughs> not much change. <laughs> not much has changed. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the one thing, but otherwise I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. <laughs> but it all works. The only question is what is sustainable for you? And I have a great article from examine.com. If you've never been to examine, they do a great job of kind of analyzing uh, literature and uh, research studies to kind of make it into a cohesive idea of a supplement and the, the effects of a supplement or the effects of a type of diet or yada, yada. They're really good. It's, they do what I would you know call a little bit of meta-analysis and uh, kind of accumulating all the researches, uh, studies that are out there in order to give you a good idea of what it all means and what it all kind of combines to say and for the good and the bad they don't have a a big bend towards anything they're just like hey here's the data not that they don't have things to sell but none of that all the best information is free on that site yeah yeah. and so it's it's a really great site yeah so i'll get into a little bit later like the idea of meal prepping but for now i want to jump into rule two uh deep dive into resistance training weights this is this will be a short. The next two and three will be really short uh, because I think the, all the emphasis should really be on the calorie deficit and calories in, calories yes. out. But I want to start with uh, uh, an old. Uh, there's this story, the, a fallacy that there's this French philosopher named Frederick Bastiat, and he created this idea of the broken window fallacy. And he was a philosopher from like the mid 1850s, and he was trying to give you the idea of the seen versus the unseen. And I'll give you a quick idea. The broken window fallacy is this idea that a little kid throws a a brick through a baker's window. The window breaks, and now everyone's standing around outside and saying, oh, uh, he did something bad. But at least now the window maker will have a job. He has an opportunity to come and repair this. So, yay, there's an economic stimulus that was created here. And Bastia's like... No, no, no. But what you're not seeing is where that money could have went instead of 
repairing something that was broken, you know, he could have spent that money on uh, new shoes. And so whereas you're looking at the repair as as a good thing, what you're missing is there are now the world is now short one new pair of shoes. And so we haven't gained anything. Instead, you know, uh, there's been a loss there um, that should ideally never have taken place. And the reason I'm bringing that up is there's it's very easy to look at a before and after picture uh, and say that, oh, man, that guy got jacked. Like you might look at my before and after picture uh, and God help you if you think this, but and say, oh, man, he got ripped. Uh, and it's like, no. In, in fact, I lost muscle. Uh, what there's the unseen versus the seen there is deceptive in all of those before and after pictures because what you're the only thing you're missing is the fat. All I did was lose the fat, and now it's revealed my muscles. I didn't get more muscular. I didn't. Yeah. The 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 fat just got re, uh, removed and revealed what it was there. It was there all along. <laughs> <laughs> like like Michelangelo carving away the stone. Yeah. No, it's in the stone. I just removed the rest of it. And so you only, it, when it comes to body types and physique, you only get two things. You get muscle and you get fat. There is no toned versus ripped. There's this kind of idea in, I hear a lot in you know, women's circles that, you know, I just want to, I just want to tone up. Well, the, the only two things you get to play with are how much muscle you have and how much fat you have. So there's only varying levels of fat and muscle. If you, if you want to look toned, then, you know, lose a little bit of fat, gain a little bit of muscle, but not too much fat and not too much muscle. Now you look toned. Like that's, that's all we're really talking about here. And so it's important also to point out that an exercise cannot add definition to a body part. Uh, you need lower body fat or a bigger muscle. And that's that's really all there is, because body fat loss is systemic. It's not targeted. Right. If you do crunches or sit ups, you're not burning stomach fat. And there's some minor research that says on a very, very micro cosmic scale, yeah. you do burn a little body uh, belly fat. Eh. <laughs> like, that's so meaningless in, yeah. the, in the in practice, whereas muscle is localized. That's why you can see guys with big upper bodies and no legs because they skip leg day or whatever the trope is going to be. But so whereas you can target your muscles, you can't target your fat. Fat is systemic. Uh, and it goes back to what you said earlier, like women store you know, usually fat on their hips. Guys store it in their stomach. And I'm sure there's great. And that, those are the last places where they come off. Yeah, usually, you know, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but if you think about fat like a pool of water, you have a shallow end and a deep end and a pool of water. Uh, well, if you scoop a bucket of water out, you don't get to choose to take it from the deep end. You know, it's just evenly distributed. Right. And that's that's how your fat works. It'll come off wherever it decides to come off, uh, generally, mostly evenly. But over over time, it'll come off from everywhere. You'll get, you know, your face gains and uh, you'll you'll lean out. Um, face gains. Face gains. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a thing, man. <laughs> Don't ever say that again, please. <laughs> and so uh, lifting weights is a great signal to your body that you need the muscle. So whenever you create an energy deficit, your body is more likely to use fat for energy because the signal is it's rebuilding, it's recuperating. And so uh, if we're going to, if we need that, then I need the energy to come from somewhere. So therefore we're going to use the, the fat. And that's, that's a really important signal. And so whether you want to 
lift weights, machines are fine. Free weights are fine. Anything that allows you to increase the resistance is what's ideal. And this is what sets weight training apart from like cardio. There's the idea of progressive overload, uh, which you know may or may not be an abused phrase at this point. But the idea, generally speaking, is whatever you did last week, either do one more rep or two more reps or add a little bit of weight and do you know however many reps you can uh, I don't want to get more complicated than that at this point I'll go more into my workouts um, here in a second but whether if you're new to the gym and free weights intimidate you you don't know what you're doing that's fine the machines work yeah like they're not what a lot of bodybuilders do because they're so strong and uh, they have more training and for a whole host of reasons. But there's nothing wrong with the the machines. Uh, they'll, they'll, they're a great way to warm up and get used to it. There's no reason that you can't hire a trainer if you want to learn uh, more technique and have a someone craft a, a weightlifting plan for you. The I, I wasn't sure if I was going to get into trainers or not, uh, personal trainers. I've only used like once or twice in my life hired a personal trainer. I, whenever we, you and I took, you hired one to learn how to use kettlebells, and that was fun. I really enjoyed yeah. that. I learned a new skill set, and for me, that's about the extent of uh, my idea for hiring trainers. If I'm like, I need work on this specific thing, like my deep squat right now is. Uh, my hips aren't opening up enough and I'm, my form is just going to crap. Like that would be something I would want to hire a trainer for to help me work those kinks out. Uh, but the the rub and I don't think it's trainer's fault. I think it's the client's fault, uh, to be perfectly honest, is with trainers, they usually don't craft something to help you hit like hypertrophy. They They yeah. just kind of make you tired and make yeah. you feel like you had a good workout. Yeah. And that's depressing. Like yeah. that's, that's not really how you're going to see your progress, but I don't think they do that. Not because they don't know what they're doing. I think they do that because that's what clients want. Uh, and maybe in some gyms, and I think my gym is probably an exception. I think our trainers know exactly what they're doing and they're bringing in people and showing them how to lift weights and uh, creating badass workout programs for them. Uh, shout out to Inez and Ignite Fitness. Yeah, man. You're definitely going to be in the, the the show notes. And if you want to see the gym that I love that I've been at for probably 10 years now. Years. Yeah. God. Jeez. Because she bought up uh, SCAC and we were at SCAC uh -huh. back in 2008. Oh my God. That's insane. That's so crazy. Uh, I'm so glad she bought it though, man. It, it was a great gym before, but now it's like an amazing gym. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, if whatever, like machines are fine though. And so don't be afraid to hire a trainer. Just make sure, and but don't hire just one. I would say if, if you're really new to this, maybe try like four or five different trainers see for one who you click with but also get an idea of the different types of training programs they're going to throw out at you uh maybe of maybe if someone has a link to an article or if someone wants to write one up on best way to find a good trainer that is going to help you with learning how to lift weights and not just put you on a treadmill for 10 minutes while they check their iphone yeah <laughs> like let's do that um i'm more than happy to link someone uh if if you have some tips on finding a good trainer but rule three so that's that's basically i'll get into a little bit more of working out and, and lifting weights here in a second but protein intake rule number three of one gram per pound of lean body mass when we lift weights we break down our muscles 
So even though you're getting that signal to your body that, hey, we, we're, we need the muscle, you also need to, to take in the protein to send the signal that you want it to recover as well. Uh, the protein is there. The amino acids are all there to help you recover and grow stronger. And like I said earlier, I like one pound per one gram per pound of lean body mass as opposed to uh, the 0.82 grams per pound of total weight. Whatever. Like pick your poison. I think if you were to if you're a guy, you're probably 150 grams is probably going to be generally good enough. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to overshoot on this point. My protein goal is 160 grams per day. Um, but to be honest, I often do 200 grams and sometimes more depending on the day and what I'm liking to eat in that yeah. particular day. Uh, the nice thing about protein is it has, for one, there's two great things. Uh, one, the satiety of protein is much higher than carbs or fat. That feeling of being full, so much oh, higher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So much better. Um, but there's also a... And, don't run away with this, but there's also a higher TEF, thermogenic effect of food, the, which is to say how much energy your body uses in order to process the food. Uh, it's like 20% higher in, in protein than the other ones, but don't try to calculate for that. Like just, yeah, the, the, the goal here, going back to what you said, Todd, like this is a long-term mindset. And so the goal is to get going, throw away your first week, like use that as momentum Man, I dropped 10 pounds this week. That's amazing. Maybe I'll drop five next week. Eh. Start slowing up to lose. You know, if you don't like the one to two pounds, some people say half a percent to 1% of total body weight. So if you're 300 pounds, losing three pounds a week probably isn't bad. But adjust. The idea is to, as you get going and see what you're doing in the gym and uh, in your diet, then adjust to either... And this is why I like to use cardio as a polishing move, not as my first line of defense. Because once I start eating whatever my minimum calorie, like 1,500 calories is what I eat every day, then if I see that, man, I'm, I'm only losing 1.5 pounds a week over the last two or three weeks, now I can add in a little bit of cardio to get me back up to those two pounds. It's a, it's a good polishing move. I think it's way better as a, as a polishing move than as a you know, first, first go to. And I would have done that if I was, if I wasn't so hell bent on making my point, yeah. um, I would have done that in my 30 weeks and I would have trimmed it from 30 weeks down to like, uh, 15. <laughs> well, and it's also good to, to, um, use on like recovery days. Yeah. Um, and just to point out from my own experience and let's just be clear, you don't gain muscle from lifting weights. You gain it from repair. You gain it in between. So mm -hmm. the recovery is and how you recover is really that's what dictates how well your workout went. So you go in, you break down the muscle by working out, say you do chest one day and you just destroy yourself, right? Great. Cool. The first thing you have to do is get that protein in because you have to tell your body it's okay now you can repair this. And it's just like anything. If you break a bone and it fixes and, and you and you heal that, you'll never break that bone in that same spot, most likely, yeah. because that bone is now stronger in that spot. Wow. So so if you might break it again, but it'll be in a slightly different spot. And that's the point is that was that you break you break muscle down to build it back up stronger. Uh, to, to repair stronger and protein is absolutely necessary in, in that kind of thing, especially if you're lifting weights for running it's a little bit, 
or, or biking or whatever, it's a little bit different. Um, I mean, yes, you need, you need protein and stuff, but it's more, it's, it's more cardiovascular, you know, um, in a lot of ways than it is than lifting weights is mm. in just in general. But that's important to, to note. I don't think that, cause when I first started lifting or working out, that never occurred to me. It was always like, I, I thought that the lifting right. was the thing that yep. made my muscles oh, grow. Yeah. And then I could just go eat pizza right after <laughs> or something. But no, there's a reason why you see these, these guys who, you know, are in the gym and, and who look really good. They ha- have this shake like immediately after you have like a 20 minute window where you get the most out of whatever it is that you're putting mm-hmm. in your body after you work out. Right. Well, even that there's been recent research that says the window is probably closer to like two hours or three oh, hours. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So uh, now it might be a little different for you because you are an endurance trainer. So oh, I don't uh, know. you might intake glycogen much faster. So like a little protein and uh, sugar will probably go a long way. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the window is pretty wide open. It's certainly enough time to, to wait. I For most of these, I honestly waited purposefully to take my protein shake for the 30 weeks. On average, I probably waited uh, until I got home. I left it at home. So sometimes it would be an hour because I'd often stop by the store for groceries or whatever. And then, yeah, just have my one or two scoops. But yeah, but it's still important. I mean, get it in. I don't think you want to wait too much longer than that uh, because you want to help send the signal that, hey, we're we're recovering and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so one thing to note is if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, plant proteins may have fewer amino acids and so may require a great amount of protein to help offset the protein quality. I don't want to dive into this whole game changers thing. I, uh, it's just something to consider and research and make, make sure, you know, you're, you're, you're happy with your, your results there. And yeah. Anyway, I use I use vegetarian protein, nice. the Vega stuff. Yeah, I love it. I think that's a great way to supplement. Like if you're, especially if you're vegan or vegetarians, like use that to add an extra uh, protein yeah. for, you know, helping you get your numbers up. Yeah, that's huge. So we're we're really close. I promise. Uh, still a lot yeah, of topics, right. but this is almost, this is winding down. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll see. So predictability. Um, this myth that gives you a really predictable outcome. Uh, most diets are vague in their results. Like, for instance, if Google Maps said, you'll get there sometime today, that would not be very useful. <laughs> I feel like that's what most diets are giving you. Uh, these three rules are the path, the most efficient route, I believe. Uh, but you determine how you execute them. The diet, the workout, shape that to your own taste, and that will keep this sustainable. And we'll also be able to say, man, okay, based on, for me, I was looking at, I wanted to get down to 10% body fat. And I started at 24.5%. I was on the cusp of obesity. Like that's outrageous. And for me, and so I was like, okay, I need to lose 15% body fat. Uh, Okay, how long is that going to take? And so I just was able to very quickly take a caliper reading and figure out, okay, here's how many pounds of fat that I have and here's what it's going to take. Here's how many of those I have to lose in order to, to hit my goal. Now, the leaner you get, the harder it becomes to not lose muscle. And so especially you get, I think, under 15%, it gets much more difficult. And the three rules, I think, become more, so much more important. I probably could have cheated pretty well that first 10%, but the the last, and I got down to 11.4% uh, at my lowest in that, in that picture. And I'll get to why I didn't finish uh, going to 10. But 
that became so much harder. I could feel my body fighting, if you want to call it yeah. that. Uh, just it wasn't it wasn't natural. Not it wasn't natural. like like a natural like like okay, I'm in the groove, I'm feeling it. You know, it no, was, because I've never been that lean in my life. Even in high school, I never had. Uh, I probably stayed around 13% body fat. Yeah. Like you can see my abs okay, but I didn't have a nice clean six pack, and I'd never been below 12%. I guarantee. And so getting that lean was something certainly new for my brain uh, and trying to adjust to that. And so I got certainly got more miserable as the the process we're on. But it becomes, again, what is your goal? Most of you out there probably don't really care if you get a six pack or not. You're just wanting to be healthy. And that's fine. If you if you want to set a goal of like 15 to 17 percent body fat, I think that's a very healthy goal. I think We've probably made it a little too easy and acceptable to be obese. Um, I know that's not popular. It's not to say I think you should dislike yourself. I think you should love yourself no matter what you look like or uh, what your circumstances are in life. You should love yourself and, you know, have great mental health. But I think I would be utterly shocked if anybody would turn down Brad Pitt fight club body. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like I wouldn't like, I'll, I'll take that homie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't think any of us probably are a lot of us out there are probably living our happiest life. And I will absolutely agree with the old sentiment that nothing tastes as good as being thin feels like I remember whenever I hit my first pair of gold jeans and a lot of us out there probably have old clothes that we want to fit into again someday. And it's like, man, someday I'm going to fit into that. I bought new ones uh, a long time ago that I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, whenever I get there, that'll be fine. And I remember hitting, getting, finally putting those jeans on. I was like, oh, snap, this is cool. And then I also remember when those jeans became too baggy, like when your gold jeans become too big for you, that's a really cool moment. And I would not take any amount of pizza and I love pizza and ice cream in the world to, to give those moments back. Yeah. I promise uh, it's, it's true. And if you just put in and it's a lot of mental preparation, which we'll get to. Uh, and it's not just about just clarify. It's not just about being thin, mm-hmm. right? Like thin or overweight or, or, or fat, however you want to say it. Like, it's all beautiful mm-hmm. and it's all relative. Yeah. It's not just about being thin. It's about having, having a goal, right? For yourself, a healthy goal and, and putting the work in and putting the effort in and reaching that, right? That's the, that's the feeling you're talking about. And yes, yeah. fe- being, feeling fit, it's it, feeling fit is amazing, mm-hmm. right? But it's, all the work you did and all the sacrifice you made to actually, or in this case, it doesn't, it's not even necessarily sacrifice. It's just stick to itness. Yeah, totally. It's, it's just the, the day, day to day thing. Absolutely. And for, and just so that I'm on record here, if, if you are 300 pounds and you like being 300 pounds and you like, that's, Totally fine. I don't. Yeah. Why are you listening still? Yeah. Yeah. For one. Really? Uh, but I also think that's totally fine. I think, you know, life, this is the only life we get. I'm agnostic, um, but I'm also like libertarian. So like live <laughs> however you want, bro. Like if, if you think a happier life for you is eating whatever you want and that brings you joy in life, then cool. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that. But again, yeah. Why are you still listening to this? Yeah. You're, you're a very curious person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, 
That's one of the things I really love about this process is the predictability is to be able to say, okay, here's whenever I'll be done with this process yeah. and I can call it a day um, because I don't think anybody else gives you that. So diving into before and after stats, uh, first of all, we, we kind of already touched on the dangers of before and after picks. Um, but the thing is, a lot of these picks, you don't know how long, you know, they, they, they took how much they had to do, uh, how much they lost. Um, sometimes there's lighting tricks. I wrote that show intro, like little top lighting. Man, there's so many advertisements that these dudes take before and afters like within an hour of each other because they go shave that you overextend your gut in the before picture to kind of emphasize, you know, yeah. I didn't do I personally didn't do almost any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. Like, I never stuck my gut out in the before picture. And shout out to our buddy Joe and Heather, because I was in New Zealand whenever I took that picture. And, and to be completely honest, I was lighter there than my actual starting weight, because that was only halfway through my vacation. And I guarantee I ate a lot of ice cream on that trip. <laughs> I was snacking like a madman. <laughs> it was glorious. That's I awesome. had so much orange juice. I love orange juice. But it's super high in calories, and you're just not getting that much out of it. <laughs> it's sugar. It's just sugar. That's awesome. But yeah. And so, but I did do like... I flexed in my after picture. Uh, I I think I'm gonna post like all the the progress pics because after I just I I didn't really take a good before picture because I was so depressed and miserable over what I was seeing in the mirror that I didn't I just couldn't bring myself to take a before picture and I don't think I started taking them until like the third week and then the fifth week and then finally I was like. Just do it, you know, you jerk, uh, start taking yeah. these. And then finally, you know, I, I started taking them every week and I'll post all those so that, you know, you can all see them. Um, but in my after picture, I am, you know, flexing. And so that's what I look like, you know, with the flex stomach. Um, I'm not flexing my chest. There's not, not anything there to flex. <laughs> and for the record, I didn't work out my arms during the entire 30 weeks. Uh, maybe like the last week or two, I finally, cause I had some, and this will be in the injuries part, but I was having some elbow, um, pain uh. that, that's been around for a while. And I was like, let me just finally give this a rest. You didn't do any arms? No, I didn't do any arm work. Why? Um, because of the elbow pain. Oh, right. No, um, <laughs> but why models? <laughs> <laughs> I just told you. <laughs> I just told you. Um, gotcha. And so really quick, let's touch on recomping. So there's this idea in the, the fitness community that you can recomp. And technically speaking, if, the, if there can be a technically about recomping, it's the idea that you eat at maintenance and you gain muscle and lose fat. At the same time, this happens. I've and people say they they do it. I I don't think it exists personally. I haven't seen it. And people who say it works don't seem to practice it themselves. Like if you go and look up anybody who uh, shows like here's how you can recomp. They 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 don't they don't do it themselves. Everyone tends to do bulking and cutting cycles. And I really believe that if you could recomp you would that's pretty much all you would ever see bodybuilders do like yeah <laughs> there would be very little reason to to bulk but even if let's just pretend and say you know it works to some degree i it still sounds incredibly ineffective and inefficient like i can lose seven or eight pounds per month of fat then gain two pounds of muscle per month and 
how fast exactly is recomping? Uh, I think it comes down to an issue of predictability, uh, which to me indicates a lack of coherent logic or science. I would be happy to take on a thousand dollar bet between anybody who says they can recomp faster than I can lose fat and build muscle. Like I just, I have not seen any real evidence or studies that shows that you can really do this. Um, the closest I've seen was one, there's this one study out there that showed that they were able to produce muscle growth at a, uh, even at a caloric deficit. And it just sounded so arduous and painstaking as to be practically worthless. Like if you have to go through these really extreme protocols in order to induce this outcome, I just, it just doesn't sound like anything anyone's going to ever really do in no. practice. Yeah. Um, and so moving on. I, so yeah, I'm just kind of pooing on recomping, I guess. I'd never even heard of it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's garbage. Um, in my opinion, I'm more than happy to read your literature don't come at me, bro. Like, <laughs> and so getting into like measurements and my favorite tools, uh, I love spreadsheets. I love being able yeah. uh, to kind of see week over week the progress I'm doing. I don't see any of this stuff out there. I'll, I'll see if I can create a blank spreadsheet to give everybody if you want to you know, follow along in a similar way. But there's tons of tools out there. There's like I use Livestrong because we used to. Uh, they used to be one of our partners or our sister companies. We all worked under the same umbrella. And I remember whenever uh, we started Livestrong.com and they started building out these tools, I immediately signed up and would send notes to the developers and uh, like, hey, fix this, do this. I'm like, hey, can we get some more of this? Uh, that was ages ago, but I still use the website and the app on my phone. I think there's like my fitness pal is a really, really popular one, uh, but there's easy ways to log your calories and to figure out what you're eating. Uh, the nice thing for me uh, is I can look at my day or my week. If I'm doing a meal prep and I meal prep on Sunday, I already know how much calories are in all those meals. And I can already have a good idea of, okay, here's probably what I'm going to be eating Monday. I'm going to have my before and after protein shakes, and then I'm going to have my lunch, and then I'm going to have my dinner, and then I'm going to have a snack. Uh, before bed, and that's my yogurt snack. That's my bedtime <laughs> yogurt snack. <laughs> Your baby. <laughs> and it's very mentally soothing for me to be able to say, okay, how long can I hold out before I have that first meal? <laughs> okay, good. Now I still have, you know, three more meals uh, or whatever my day looks like that day. And so it's just instead of winging it from day to day, and I think that's stressful. I think the idea of trying to do it on the fly is very stressful, but having an app that tells you here's where you're at for the day. Yeah. Um, and for me, the spreadsheet says, I just kind of line it up week by week. Okay. Over the next 10 weeks, Monday through or Sunday through Saturday, I can calculate here's how many calories I should be at for the week. And here's how many I did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, I went 500 calories crazy. So let me just see if I can go 50 calories below my normal goal and just kind of even it out a mitigate. little bit. Yeah, mitigate it a little bit. And so that tells me, and then on my spreadsheet, I also have like my my weekly weigh-in. So I'll do on Sundays, Sunday morning, use the bathroom, and then I'll weigh myself. And then I'll measure myself, uh, my waist circumference, and I'll take a, a pinch an inch and do a body fat caliper test. And 
I log all that into my spreadsheet so I can also see the trend lines. So that I can say, oh, yeah. okay, more than anything, I just like the data. You don't need that. There's also a, a, a really good app called Happy Scale, but I think it's only on iPhone. There's another one for Android. I, I forget what it is, but I'll put it in the show notes so that you have it. But the cool thing is my my scale in the my bathroom has a bluetooth connection so it sends that to my phone uh in its own app it's a renfo app and renfo plugs it into uh, whatever the iphone database is and then happy scale pulls that automatically so it starts tracking my my daily progress i like to weigh myself every day and so it's looking at every day and then after a couple weeks it can tell you Okay, you're losing about you know two pounds a week right now. Cool, and oh, you cool. you set your goals in there, and I'll open it up so that uh, you can kind of look at it. But you set your goal, and it'll tell you how far along you are in your goal, and it'll tell you what your progress looks like, and it'll also tell you like when you'll see certain results. Like in a week, you will be X Y Z, and then yeah. uh, the end of the month, you'll be this, and you'll hit your final goal on this day. And it's all in fluctuation, but it's kind of this mental soothing thing that, okay, I'm making progress and, uh, oh, progress is slowing down. Let me speed it up. And so you can use a spreadsheet like I do. You can use the apps, whatever. Those are. I always use the apps. Yeah. It's so much easier. No other external thing. It's It's just like, I got my phone. I put it in there. Boom. Yeah. Done. Over. Maybe if I could only have one tool, it's hard. Uh, It might be my water bottle. I love my water bottle. It's a what is it i don't even know coleman, coleman. yeah but i at first i had a 50 50 and it's insulated like it keeps everything really really cold the thing i like about the, the coleman is the uh the mouth really lets the water flow out like some of these the ice clumps towards the mouth and it just kind of yeah. trickles out and it sucks so the water flow is so much better in this one and I take it everywhere. Like it's my favorite thing in the world. I left it in the gym on Monday when we flew out. Uh, and so I was just stressing the whole time until we got back. <laughs> Not stressing, but I was just like excited to get it back. Yeah. And so yeah, water ball is really one of my favorite tools for cooking. I really love the instant pot. My roommate has one. I didn't know how to use it. And I think it's like a hundred bucks. But if you like shredded chicken, like you throw it in there, maybe throw some sauce in there or something. And within like 20 30 minutes you have like perfectly shredded chicken it's a pressure cooker it's amazing wow i also bought a sous vide but that's really expensive don't you don't do that that's just it's it's not for you it's expensive but i love it it was one of my rewards because oh yeah i started cooking every week and i was like man i really want to play with this new toy and so <laughs> i eventually when i hit a certain goal i was like i'm buying a sous vide that's and it's, cool. it's a water immersion thing that they use in restaurants and it's just a way to like perfectly cook your steak or to get the perfect soft boiled egg or whatever yeah. uh, there's like a thousand things oh, wow. you can do with it that's really cool but really all you need is the oven like the oven can do so much i didn't know how to I didn't know what the broiler was for until this, until I started cooking. What's it for? It's so it basically goes super, super hot. It's the top rack. If you put something under it uh-huh. on the top rack, it kind of just flash cooks it. Um, so if like you want to char something, which I did a lot of, like I might sous vide my chicken and whenever oh. it comes out, it's all kind of soft. And then I'll put it on a, a broiler rack 
and throw it in the broiler for you know five minutes and suddenly it has a nice little bit of char on it i'm like ah that's that's fun cool (laughs) so the oven can do everything like uh instead of sous vide you could easily just wrap it in foil and cook it cook it that way and that way you're 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 not drying out your chicken or whatever but you can look through all the recipes i have tons of those kinds of things in there my other favorite tools are calipers um to measure my body fat percentage that's I, there's, there's a really good one and there is no perfect way to measure your body fat. Just to be clear, uh, there's a thousand ways to do it. None of them are perfect. Um, each of them have their issues. I don't recommend using the BMI body mass index. That's a really old outdated method of kind of quickly gauging if someone's fit or not, but it doesn't take into account something like your body fat percentage, which is really important because you might look at Arnold Schwarzenegger by his BMI and say, you're unhealthy, buddy. But uh, in reality, he's you know, like one of the ripped, most ripped dudes in history. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. like it, it betrays actuality, whereas a body fat percentage gives you a much better idea of uh, how, how healthy you are or aren't. And I like to use calipers. There's, I have an old one that isn't really sold anymore. It's an electronic one that works really well and I'm not giving it up, but I also bought another one just to kind of test it. That's what's called a one pinch uh, measurement. And it's, it's good. It's good enough. Like the idea is you, and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but you kind of pinch an inch above your hip and it measures that. And it gives you a, a pretty good idea of where your body fat percentage is. It's not perfect. And <laughs> yeah, yours is pretty low. I don't know. You don't have much to pinch down there. Um, Most I'm of that pinching. shirt. I'm pinching. <laughs> You're pinching that shirt. shirt. <laughs> I know. And so the the thing I like about the calipers, as opposed to something like a Dexa or a Bod Pod, which are all great. Those are if you want to do those, they're expensive, but go do them, man. They're they seem really cool uh, and they'll give you a really good idea of your visceral fat instead of just your adipose or subcutaneous fat that's on the on, on the outside that we all look at and frown at <laughs> <laughs> but the the nice thing about calipers is historically that's what bodybuilders have used and so whenever i'm thinking in my head i want to be at 10 percent body fat i know what that means with a caliper i don't really understand what that means with a dexa or with a bot pod or hydrostatic you know weighing whatever but again if you want a better understanding i go for it go do that crap uh not crap or they're much more scientific methods yeah. of all you're not a, i don't think you're offending anyone no, okay. I think you're okay um but yeah using that is just kind of a really good way to see if the weight that's coming off is fat or not. And so I think being having some way to consistently measure your body fat percentage, go into your gym. They, they have these really nice uh, bioelectric or bioimpedance uh, analysis yeah. Uh, machines, BIAs. Don't use the ones on your, your home skills. Those things are crap. Yeah, they uh, go through your feet. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Like you have to think about the way electricity works. It takes the path of least resistance. That's why defibrillators usually go uh, try try to kind of trap your heart in the middle. It's because the the shock wave needs to kind of hit the heart in the path. Uh, and so whenever you step on those ones in the in, in your bathroom that are cheap, they the the electricity shoots up one leg and right back down the other leg. It's not going up through your your upper body and giving you a really holistic understanding of where your body fat percentage is. And so even though it may consistently give you the same wrong measurements, 
it's never been one good measurement the entire time, so it doesn't matter. But even a broken clock is right <laughs> twice a day. <laughs> yeah, well... Not these? No. Okay. <laughs> and so that's why... That's why I like the the pinch the the calipers is it's something that if you practice it for a week like the first week you get it do it every morning by the end of the week you'll be fine you'll be close enough to repeating so that yeah. even if you're wrong you will then be consistently wrong yeah um, and have a really good idea of hey here's my progress and then I also like myotape to kind of measure my waist and that's just one extra measurement to see oh my waist is shrinking and going down and my last favorite tool is a dry erase marker. I like to write my stats on the mirror. I I do a, a few things. I write weeks at the top left, and every time I've accomplished a new week, I get to make a new tally mark. That feels great. Heck yeah. And then I write my starting weight and then my current weight, uh, and that will give me something to shoot for whenever I see, oh, I'm at, I was started at 217, and now I'm at 190. Damn, that's cool. Okay, but now next week I want to be at 188. So let me really focus and try to hit that number next week. And you got to keep it honest. Like, yeah. whatever you are, you are. Uh, let that just be part of your motivational process. Ooh, we are doing it here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's all right, man. No, this is great. So real quick. <laughs> diet. Real quick. Don't say we'll that. Let's... <laughs> so one thing that uh, is probably really tricky is the diet side of things. Measuring your food sounds super boring, and to some degree it is, uh, but if you meal prep on a Sunday, life gets so much easier. Like, you do it once for a couple of hours, and then you're done for the week. I can't tell you how much that saved me, and anxiety, and just figuring it out, and not trying to wing it, and saying, oh, I don't feel like cooking tonight, so I'm just going to pick something up on the way home. Those moments are going to happen. You're going to get tired after work, and you're not going to want to do any of that cooking. But if you spend your Sunday just for a couple of hours and it'll give you something to also do throughout the week when you're hungry, I would spend hours every week planning what I'm going to cook this coming Sunday. And I would say, ooh, what about this? And I would go to HEB.com because for one, I, I shop at HEB, but also they show every product that they have in their store along with their the nutrition label. So that I could look at and say, oh, here's what their 97% lean chicken, you know, comes in at. And so I could start calculating and figuring out, okay, one pound of... You're such a nerd. Oh, such a you're nerd. such a nerd. But it's such a great way to occupy your mind when you're hungry. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You know? And so it may sound really lame, but I promise if I, if I really were to only pick one thing, one tool, I would, I would pick a food scale. It's so much easier than like the measuring utensils. It sounds really complicated, but I promise it's so much easier, so much cleaner. You try to measure two tablespoons of butter and tell me you you believe in your result. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas what I'll do is I'll put the peanut butter tub on the scale. There's a little zero out button. It's called a tear. And you, you tear or tar it out, however you pronounce it. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> but you zero, it out, you zero out the scale. And now, because the label will say two, stables, two tablespoons or 28 grams. And now you just take out until you see negative 28 grams. You're done and you eat the spoon clean. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But it's so much more precise. One cup of 
yogurt is 227 grams, like boom, I'm just scooping that out and putting it in the bowl. Or sometimes I'll just put the bowl on the scale, zero it out, start adding things. Here's my 227 of yogurt, zero. Uh, 70 grams of blueberries, which is half a cup of blueberries. Uh And it's like, I don't know, 35 or 40 calories. Blueberries are the best. I never in my life bought blueberries to eat until this. And I keep them in the fridge all the time. Um, but whatever. So food scales are really, really great because they also kind of allow you to double check someone's math on a label. Like if they say, yeah, you're getting so much pepperoni in this package and you might just say, okay, well then I'll just dump this whole package out and it'll be all the, exactly as the label says, you might be missing a full half serving or full serving, which sounds super lame until you're really hungry and you're like, yeah. Man, I get this extra 75 calories. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's good to know. Oh, I yeah. want to know that. At the end of the day, yeah. when you're still hungry and you don't cool. want to go to bed hungry. Man. Yeah. Anything helps. And there's this great adage I found on a Reddit thread that was called that they said, You're not hungry. If you're hungry, you'll eat an apple. If you won't eat an apple, then you're just bored. And you're bored. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It's so good. It's, it's so heard that. on point. Yes. Like I was like, oh, that's so true. And that kind of changed yeah. the way I thought about hunger um, because I don't like delicious reds. I love a granny Smith, but if you can get me to eat a, a, a delicious red, I'm doing that. Sorry. That was me. I tapped. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like then I'm hungry. I'll eat yeah. a delicious red. Calorie killers, liquids, but not just soda, uh, milk, OJ, smoothies, sauces, uh, sandwich toppings, you know, like mayo and vinaigrette can really just add up. Soy sauce, teriyaki, check the labels and count it. Like, especially if you're just getting started, uh, it's really, really important if you're not used to doing any of this, you really should count every single thing you eat. It will shock you uh, where that extra one or 200 calories are coming from. Or five. Or five. It really does add up. Um, So count every single thing you're eating, sometimes with a food scale, sometimes not, whatever. Like, I think the candy bars are probably accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Those things are very reproducible. Yes. So, yeah. And dealing with hunger? Yeah, this is the biggest questions (sighs) I have for you. Yeah. So... There are times at night whenever, especially at the beginning, when I was still really hungry, I found I like uh, miso soup, like low calorie soup became my go to for the first three weeks, two and a half, three weeks. I would still be hungry at the end of the night. And if and maybe I'll post like all my my stats so you can see my actual spreadsheet of week to week and day to day of how I did. The first week, I didn't hit my 15. I, my goal was to hit 1,500 calories a day. I didn't hit it at all for my first week. I was struggling so bad. And one thing that I would do was eat uh, miso soup. It was like 35 calories for a bowl of soup. And that helped a lot. Um, so that was a big one. But any low-calorie uh, soupy thing is going to be huge to but- kind of deal with hunger a little bit. And then for me also waiting, the longer I could push my meals into the back of the day, the better. What would you say? Yeah. Okay. So that kind of goes to the question I was going to ask is what do you say to the listeners that are dreading this kind of thing that like, you know, the idea of being hungry is scary to them, you know, in a way, you know? Yeah. I think 
I mean, I, I has your relationship with food changed too? Uh, a little bit, not much, if I'm yeah. totally honest. Post-diet, I went through Europe uh, or through Ireland for a couple weeks and ate every donut I saw. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say I was a super disciplined guy, that, but I was like, man, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not technically. I'm, for one week, I was on vacation. One week was a production. Yeah. Uh, I was on set. And so... That week of vacation, though, I went nuts. Like, it got crazy. But to some degree, though, yeah. Like, I didn't realize how full I needed to be to really fall asleep until, I would say, this process. Like, I don't have to be miserable, you know, overstuffed in order to fall asleep. I can have my snack and be like, okay, that's that's fine. I drink a, you know, glass of cold water and I'm usually pretty good to go. And so... No. Yeah. I, 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 okay. So you gotta, you gotta, if you have cookies and chips and high calorie, high empty calorie counts, yeah. right? Like candy bars and stuff like that. Cookies. Uh, step number one is to get them out of your house. Yeah. Right. Because when it's midnight and you're hungry and, uh, and you're just now realizing you're hungry, maybe you've been busy all day and, and now all of a sudden you're super hungry and you don't have any more calories left, but there's a, a cookie there or a Snickers bar. It might sound like, Oh, it's just a cookie, but it's not even, it's not just about that. It's just a cookie. It's the, it's the, the mentality of, of, you don't even have to choose to not eat that if it's not in your house. It's not even there. It's not an option. You know, that's it can't be an option. Absolutely true. I know that there were certain things that would start to make me break down and I would kind of yeah. mess my calories up for the day. Yeah. And I think on that exact note, it's super important whenever I would go grocery shopping to write my list of what I was going to oh, buy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To the T. I knew everything that I was going to buy. And that left me, that kept me from perusing. I was never there perusing and yeah. just kind of looking around. I was there to grab this, 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 this and get out. Yeah. And it made life so much easier because I, I wasn't curious about that other food. Um, and it kept me very focused. And so writing your grocery list ahead of time, not just winging it. And it'll save you money. It will. Dude, this is so much cheaper. That's the one thing I've totally forgot to make a note about. This is so much cheaper <laughs> than people would make you believe. Yeah. People think this is an expensive process. It's not. Yeah. I saved money. I was broke when I was doing this. Yeah. And, you know, for three pounds of chicken, like it's yeah. four or five bucks. Yeah. And that'll feed me for the week. And then maybe a few sweet potatoes and like an extra dollar. So for like 10 or 15 bucks, you know, a dozen eggs, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Like so much cheaper than people think. Vegetables are cheap, man. Yeah, they are. <laughs> like they are. if you don't want to buy the expensive organic stuff, cool. Like yeah. I'm, I don't think I am usually unless the stuff that I want is sold out. Like I'll go buy a bundle of asparagus and some tomatoes and crap, man. I'm hog heaven. <laughs> like, buy crap? <laughs> maybe. Uh, I'm growing my own stuff. <laughs> it's cheap and by the pound. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's such a stay focused. It's cheaper. There's so many benefits to this. Um, supplement wise, since we're still under diet, creatine was really the only thing. I mean, I took several things, but. Uh, if I only had to choose one, I would probably choose creatine unless you want to count uh, protein powder, uh, technically a supplement. Um, but I would also use it as a flavoring for my yogurt. <laughs> it's, That's brilliant. And it's two in one. I, it's I'm brilliant. Getting protein and it's delicious freaking uh, yogurt. Um, and if you don't like protein powder, then 
yogurt with a little bit of uh, uh, cinnamon powder and fruits. Still good. I ate that for the first two or three months. I mm-hmm. didn't even have protein powder in it. But creatine is huge. Yeah, I'll link to it. You can read all about it. Yeah. Um, psyllium husks uh, to kind of help flush my system out. Uh, at night, I would take ZMA. It's just zinc and magnesium. Uh, it helps give you a deeper sleep. It's not anything it's not a sleeping pill or anything like that it's just it's really super good and the first couple times you take it you get crazy dreams it's the best (laughs) oh cool they're vivid they're just very memorable yeah Uh, and it's pretty fun every once in a while i'll take a melatonin um which for me jet lag at times was i didn't know about it until our friend heather uh introduced me i flew out to new zealand uh which was a big time change and I was having a really hard time adjusting. And finally, uh, she convinced me to take some some melatonin and change my life, man. Oh, <laughs> I was cool. like, oh, this is exactly what it's designed for. Wow. Um, it's for uh, jet lag. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and whey protein. And so that was supplement wise. That's pretty much all it did. Yeah. No, nothing, nothing crazy. special. Um, I didn't do any like fat loss pills or anything like that. I mean, unless you count my cup of coffee in the morning, which makes you poop. Yeah. Hey. Again with the poop. Boom. <laughs> and so workout wise, uh, my workout was pretty, pretty simple uh, because here's the thing. When you're in a calorie deficit and you, you've been working out long enough, you're trained, you're going to lose strength and it sucks. <laughs> There's, it's never fun to be in the gym and say, last week I got eight reps and this week I got seven or six. Um, and so I designed my plan in order to more take advantage of time because for me to really do one of my workouts, I take a, uh, to maximize like hypertrophy and progressive overload. I try to take between two to five minutes in between sets to let you recuperate and then get another really good set in. Uh, I didn't take that path here because that would take over an hour to do all my body parts and I like full body workouts, uh, which I may jump and dive into here in a second, uh, lightly, but my, my workout plan consisted of two types of workouts, a Metcon, uh, which is short for metabolic conditioning. It's this idea of you're trying to push, use resistance training in in a very fast way like it's almost like cardio with weights in one sense is one way to kind of think about it and so normally you're uh, it's kind of crossfitting CrossFit. uh is one of the things that really popularized this idea i started falling in love with this kind of workout style when we were doing 300 workout um and so Every week I do two Metcons, a Monday and Friday are my Metcon days. And then uh, for my other days, and I'll tell you exactly what those were and why they're not right for you um, and probably for anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, and then on my other type of workout was uh, more strength training uh, based on Jim Wendler's 531. And he had this had this brilliant insight that if you take a, a, a workout. Let's say there's four main exercises that you want to do. Uh, bench press, squats, deadlifts, and uh, shoulder press, overhead press. Basically, those four body parts that you're going to work, your chest, your shoulders, your legs, um, and your back. And you can break those into those specific lifts. And I did my ver- versions of them. Okay, well, if you think about it in terms of a four-week cycle and you start with your max weight that you can bench, let's say is a hundred pounds. 
we'll start by giving you incremental week one. You'll do uh, sets of five at 65%, 75%, 85% of your one rep max. And then week two, you'll do sets of three at 70, 80, and 90%. And then on week three is your kind of max out day. You'll do a set of five, a set of three, and a set of one plus however many you can do. That's do as many as you can um, at 75%, 85%, and 95% is your max, so to speak. And then you kind of have a deload week. And then after that four-week cycle, you start it again, and then you add five pounds to your total max. And now you'll incrementally kind of get yourself stronger slowly over time. It's incremental progress. And so I, that's, that's basically all I did for my, my strength training is I would do on Mondays, I would do deadlifts and then my, my Monday Metcon, which I made up in while I was in, uh, New Zealand, uh, and I called it my Strider 300. I kind of loosely based it off of the 300 workout. And I called it Strider based on Lord of the Rings because I was in New Zealand. And yeah, why not? my buddy works for Weta who I like it. Uh, helped make Lord of the Rings. Um, and so my, my Strider 300 would be like dumbbell plank rows for 50 reps. Um, that's 25 each arm. And then I would do some version of a, a hang clean for 50 reps, which I've realized early on it was way too many reps and uh, flared up my elbow pain, which is why I ended up not doing uh, any arm work for the rest of the workout oh. or for the, until the end of the, the 30 weeks. And so instead of those, I would do like dumbbell raises. Um, yeah, like front rows. Yeah, kind of like front Whatever. rows, but yeah. I like dumbbells at better range of motion, less yeah. uh, shoulder impingement, that kind of thing. I'm not recommending anybody do those. Uh, I just wanted something to kind of assimilate. Uh, that anyway, and then I would do full body crunches for 50 reps, uh, 50 wall balls with a Ugh. like a I think I did the 12 pound ball uh, every week. Uh, no, a 10 pound, I was a 10 or 12 pound ball uh, for 50 reps, and then a 50 pound dumbbell bench press for 50 reps, and then a 50 cow roll uh, to end it. And my I would do that for time, and so I would time myself for each individual exercise so that. I could look week over week, and this is why I did it, is so that I could have something that I could progress at. Instead of seeing my strength go down, I could see yeah. my times go down, yeah. and I could compete against myself. And so at the beginning, the first time I did it uh, in New Zealand, before I even started cutting, I was uh, 44 minutes. <laughs> like it took oh, me to, do, to wow. do that, yeah. But by the end, I was averaging around uh, 22 minutes. And so I cut my time basically in half and I'm happy to post that. Like you should, I kept all my dirty notes. Um, I love it. My Friday workout was the 300 workout I would do, which if you've never done is, uh, it was modified for the record, uh, 25 pull-ups, 50 deadlifts at 135, which I switched to 95, 95 pounds instead of 135, and 50 push-ups, 50 box jumps, 50 floor wipers, which is a kind of a core exercise where you lay on the floor holding a, the those deadlifts that you did earlier. You now hold that above your, your head, and you do toe touches, basically, uh, leg lifts to each side, and each side is a rep. Um, and so, and then 50 kettlebell presses with 16 kilograms and then another 25 pull-ups. I never did the 25 pull-ups at the very end, um, because I was worried about my elbow. Um, and I was already kind of pushing it with, we used to do those though. Yeah. Right, we used yeah. to do those. And 
yeah, my time went down. I'm, I don't know. It's not the full workout, but I got down close to like 21 minutes. Nice. Um, which if you threw those extra 25 pull-ups, I would have struggled. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But anyway, at some points I would do like inverted rows instead of uh, the last 25 pull-ups. But yeah, that was just nice for me to be able to, I'm getting a lot of resistance training in, like I'm engaging my muscles like a mofo, pull-ups are no joke. Um, all of that, you know, is explosive and uh, made me feel like I'm able to get into the gym, break down my muscle, you know, pretty reasonably, uh, especially with my Monday workout. And then with the strength training, you know, I felt really good that uh, at a minimum, I was doing some very specific strength training stuff that I would do first. And then Wednesdays would just be all strength training. Um, it would be, I do, so Monday, I would do deadlifts, followed by my strider. And then Wednesdays would be the, my other three big lifts, uh, shoulder press and bench press. Uh, and I didn't do squats. I did leg press because I have back issues and it just feels bad. And also don't do the barbell bench. I don't think that's a great exercise. I have, I just started doing it again, doing it again it's, after it's like two years. It's pointless. Yeah. I mean, it's just, when are you ever going to need to do that too? No, that's so true. Yeah. But the shoulder impingement, I feel like I've never heard of a, a pro weightlifter who hasn't had like shoulder surgery at some point. Yeah. Um, and so just the range of motion isn't ideal. I think I, you can get a better range of motion with a dumbbell. Um, and you have all those stabilizer muscles. Yeah. It's just really nice. I'm finally, there is the problem with dumbbells though, is it gets harder to scale up your weight after a certain point. Yeah. Um, because jumping five pounds per hand, uh, at a certain point becomes it's too much. Yeah. Uh, and so do you consider a Metcon? So you don't consider a Metcon cardio? I don't like, I think just based on a lot of it's to me, resistance training, like yeah. deadlifting, pull-ups. Some of those are more core based. Like I think of floor wipers and crunches. Uh, that's for me really important. I'm not going to do regular core work. I hate core exercise, but I really need it for my back. Yeah. And so I kind of use that as a technique to slip in more core work. Uh, for myself, but gotcha. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't, I'm sure, you know, you could look at it that way, but I, yeah, yeah no, I that's fine. I don't really have a strong, I don't know. I'm, I do have a strong opinion about it, but as far as logic and reasoning, you can look at it however you like. I think because of the resistance training aspect, I, is why I would set it apart from cardio in the sense of running or playing basketball or biking, uh, because those are so steady state focused that there, there is no real resistance training. There's no ability to, uh, incrementally increase resistance in, yeah. in those exercises. Yeah. But yeah, if you define cardio as just raising your heart rate, then fine. I did cardio. Uh, but if we define it in terms of taxing our lungs or endurance based, uh, more than targeting our muscles, then I did no cardio. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And so, yeah, injury wise. Oh, well, so there is this thing I'm talking about losing strength, but there is a there is an idea of newbie gains. So if you're if you're dieting and you're getting stronger, probably because you haven't been in the gym before. So there is a certain amount of slack that you're going to pick up, even if you're dieting and getting into the gym and doing resistance training, you'll probably get stronger. You'll probably put on a little muscle. Uh, there's a there's a ceiling to that if you're in a deficit. But a lot of that too is this idea of neuromuscular gains. Muscles 
uh, are like a choir. Your body gets better at using the singers that are there to create a louder harmony. But to add new members of the choir, you probably need a calorie surplus. Um, that's kind of the easiest way I could think of to explain that. And so you're, you just get better. Your mind gets better and you, you get more adapted at uh, recruiting all your muscle fibers. And that's neuromuscular gains. Yeah. So I'll skip over injury stuff. I mean, know what your injury is. Like I had golfer's elbow. And so I skipped doing arm work for a while. It wasn't getting better. And so I started looking up more and more stretches and finally found a couple stretches that alleviated like 90% of my pain. So at the end of Post those on the notes. Yeah. Cause I'm sure that there's probably people that that's probably true. That. Um, if you have knee pain, I had knee pain. I thought I wasn't going to be able to do any more, uh, squats or lunges or anything. Uh, I'll link you to a podcast episode from, uh, just one more. It's this fitness podcast of these women from New York and they do this great week by week. They decided to do all the body parts and I listened to their knee, uh, episode and, it gave me so much encouragement because uh, one of the women was like, my knee was basically like the, the ligaments in there were, were severed. Like I basically had almost no knee connected at all at a certain point and I was able to rehab it. Uh, the knee is fine. Uh, it, rehab, it rehabs and heals very, very well if you know what you're doing. And so I stopped looking at my knee as something that was unfixable and said, Okay, how can I go about fixing this? And started like foam rolling. I don't know if it actually helped. There's limited evidence that foam rolling helps, but mentally it helped. It very much does. Yeah. And, I have knee pain too. And you foam roll. I yeah. think for me too, it was form. Like I started working, reworking through a lot of the, the form on some of the exercises. Uh, I think my lunging form was just bad. I was short legging it mm -hmm. and you got to get a nice stride out. Uh, my roommate happens to be a former track athlete for Mississippi state. So he, I had him show me some stuff and it was great. Like yeah. I'm now lunging and doing all kind of leg work and squat work. Uh, I do goblet squats. I don't do back squats, but I do goblet squats and a little bit of front squatting and no knee pain. Like, awesome. uh, if you just take the time to, you know, research and think through some of your issues, you can probably fix it and get better. Can I, could I say my little thing oh, about please. my knee yeah, just yeah. real fast? So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a runner and I'm training for the marathon and I've had a couple of like 50 mile weeks and stuff. And that's a lot for me. It's not a lot for some other runners, but I, man, a lot of like longer runs are like really difficult for me to uh, really difficult. My knee just is kills on the outside of my left knee. And in some respects, it, it's a little bit of patella going on, but a for me, a lot of it is, um, is stretching not before I run after oh, and wow. throughout the day, but not before I run. Uh, so, and it's a, the simple stretch of grabbing my ankle, pulling it to my ass, you know, I do. I incorporated that too because yes. you showed me that. And then, and then, but moving your moving while you have your your foot up to your butt, moving your knee in uh, towards your body to get the outside to get that that the the IT band. Oh yeah. And then to the outside to get the other parts of the quad because it's four big ass muscles. So you got to like, you know, find okay, yeah, I'm hitting I'm hitting the front part of the quad, I'm hitting the inside, I'm hitting the top, the top body and do just hold it for about 20, 30 seconds and then go to the next foot, hold it 20, 30 seconds and do that every couple hours. And it just goes away. 
it's, mm. it's really great. And then also, cause a lot of times when, when you're, you don't even notice that your muscles are shortened, right? They're, they're tight. And if you don't foam roll, which is huge, if you don't foam roll and you don't stretch, then it's going to pull your kneecap out of place every time you take a, you take a step, whether that's walking downstairs, which is agony when my knee is flaring up or I'm actually trying to bound and run because running is just a series of falls, right? Mm-hmm. One after the other. And you're catching yourself. Put, you think you put somewhere like four times your body weight on your knee every time you take a step wow. when you're running. So yeah. So the stretching was, it was huge. What, uh, do you, do you have a warm up procedure that you do or do you just kind of go after it? Yeah. 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 I always stretch my hip flexor. That's the only thing I stretch. I don't huh. stretch anything else. I'll do active yeah. Uh, stuff. So it's to activate muscles, but, uh, where I, I get down on one knee and then it just kind of like lean my hips forward a little bit, but make sure my body is straight up my the top end is straight up. And I just lean my hips forward and that really gets your hip flexor, right? So that when you're taking a step, you're already open. Mm-hmm. And I only do that for 10 seconds on each side, 12 seconds, nothing big. You don't want to stretch before you run because you want your muscles to like, they should be like rubber bands. And if you stretch out a rubber band, I mean, it's not going to, it's not going to reshape. It's not going to, you know, reform into the the shape that it was. It's like, so stretched out. Hmm. So so yeah, that, and then I do activation stuff like leg swings and, and, um, a skips and B skips and stuff like that to activate and butt kicks to activate all, all the muscles and so stuff. A lot of just dynamic. get blood there, dynamic yeah. stuff. And that none of that really is stretching. Yeah. It's all just getting blood to the muscles. Hmm. So anyway, that's my knee shit. Nice. Yeah, I do a little dynamic stuff. I do some like leg kicks. Yeah. Uh, very light, very, very light. Yeah. Um, just to kind of warm up my, my hammies. And then, then I'll foam roll and then it's just statics after that. I, I really yeah. uh, like static uh, stretching for me. I tried yeah. several uh, routines of dynamic stretching and I just had so many problems flare up that I was like, ah, that's not for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it's different if you're going into like, like lift weights, Yeah. Oh, okay. right? That's yeah. different than maybe so I don't running know. for an hour. Sure. Yeah. That's you know definitely I mean? too so. different. Um, so yeah, I mean, but generally I, I really like full body workouts Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, I remember reading this old article from Alwyn Collsgrove. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, from like 2006, that really shaped the way I thought about my workouts. And he was like uh, measuring all his clients' his workouts. And he was like, "Man, the best method that we found is has been you know full body workouts three days a week and doing a, a heavy day, a medium day, and a light day." And he didn't give an actual program, so I had to design it around some of these concepts in mind. And I really, you know, appreciate that. I'm probably increasing some of my volume uh, more than I had. So as before, I think I did like four sets per uh, body part. And now I'm probably going to push it to like six uh, per day. So chest six times chest on Monday, six, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, I mean, whatever y'all want to do is probably going to be fine. I'll link y'all to a bunch of stuff if you want to do Windler's five through one, or uh, there's a lot of these on Reddit, like Insuns, or there's German volume training. There's uh, so many things. It all works. Create some fatigue. Just look. I like logging on my spreadsheets or in my journal, whatever you want to call it, just so that I can look back and say, what did I do last week? Can I do one more? 
or two more. And that gives me something to shoot for. And even if I don't, that's fine. Uh, and I kind of measure and I measure my breaks. Uh, my rest periods is all under measurement. Whenever I'm doing my normal workouts like I am now, I'm back to my, my hour long uh, weightlifting sessions and I'm, I'm measuring, I'm running a stopwatch, like two minutes rest or three minutes rest. There's so much information on exercises and lifting. All of it's fine. The, yeah. only, the only real point is that you're doing some form of resistance training. You're engaging your muscles and you're challenging yourself, you know, week over, week over week. And so that, you know, you're constantly engaging and, and staying on top of all of that. Okay. We're very near the end. Don't say that. <laughs> so, but this is my yeah, kind of my favorite fine. part. This is good. <laughs> my favorite part is uh, staying motivated. This was kind of the, the trick, the trick of it all. Because how do you stay motivated for 30 weeks yeah. um, of hunger? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but if you never get hungry in this process, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, and if you're if you're doing it right and you're never hungry, you know, shoot me those tips. <laughs> <laughs> how is that? Yeah. For me, there was a there were setbacks, there were stalls. Track your binges. Every once in a while, I think once, twice, maybe uh, once I really had a breakdown, I was like, man, I'm just hungry. I just want to go. I'm just going to go with it. I'll, and I made a deal with myself. I'm going to eat whatever I want out of H-E-B. If I can buy it in there, I'll eat it. Uh, I didn't want to order a pizza and then have leftovers. I was like, no, I'm going to eat it. And I'm eat it today. Anything you don't eat today, you throw away. And this was way deep in the, in the game. I was probably like on week 20 at this point. Uh -huh. And I was afraid to track it and log all and look back and say, what all I'd eat. It's not as bad as you think. It's always going to be worse on the scale the next day than it is in actuality like we were talking about earlier. I didn't eat 15,000 calories. I, because of all the dieting, I don't think I ate more than like 3,000. Your stomach is smaller? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just can't. And so yeah. don't be afraid to track those binges. I, I promise it's rarely as bad as you think it is. And also don't punish yourself. Just move on. No extra cardio. Like uh, Especially if it's a really bad day, then whatever man just go back to the exact same thing you were doing the day before you wrecked it mm. like it's all fine it's just water weight uh you you really haven't ruined you know six weeks of progress in one day yeah i doubt it's possible yeah i'm sure someone out there is willing to prove me wrong but <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that uh another thing i really enjoyed was watching crossfit videos i'm not a fan of crossfit itself yeah. uh maybe ironically like i don't think their programming is usually very good i think there's a lot of trainers out there who are writing these programs that are just doing it to to be hard instead of uh targeted and even some of the the crossfit games programming to me looks suspect uh, in one of their documentaries, they have them do first, like, uh, I don't know, a, a five mile run or a 10 K or something in the heat in the mountains. And then immediately they have to max deadlift. I'm like, that's, that seems irresponsible. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I believe that all these are very well-trained athletes, but if you look at the form of some of those guys, yeah, like, man, that's scary yeah. as someone who's herniated a disc deadlifting. I, I get very flinchy in those moments, yeah. but you know, nitpicking aside, it's incredibly motivating to watch these athletes, uh, who are finely tuned instruments, you know, working their butts off. They look amazing. They're throwing around badass weight. Uh, Catherine David's daughter is like my spirit animal, man. Yeah. Yeah. I she's mean, amazing. I love her. I love Sarah Sigmund's daughter. I love Annie. I mean, Tia Claire, Matt Fraser is a freaking badass. Uh, like, 
Vellner, if you watch no one else, watch Matt Frazier. Honestly, from from where he came from, from nothing to now being like one of the greatest of all time. Uh, and, and, and to see his reaction for a winning second that first time. Yeah. Was on was uh, it was like so motivating because he just he was so mad. He was so mad at himself for not winning the entire thing. I mean, he came from nothing and he got second in the world. And he was it was like it was like he didn't even it was like it didn't exist. So amazing. it was unbelievable. And then he's just d- dominated ever since. Yeah. Can't touch him. Yeah. And I love watching these guys work. All of them. And just on that that that. Note that you said, man, I love watching all of them together, too. They're all really uplifting and encouraging to each other. Like watching the Redeemed and the Dominant. I was watching that earlier today um, before my workout just to get jazzed. And watching Tia Claire, you know, win. And then Cara Webb is so happy for her. She took second. And she was like, you know, if someone else is going to win, I'm glad it was her. And she was so happy. Like that spirit that attitude is so freaking cool and it just permeates throughout the crossfit community so hat tip to y'all guys man y'all are really really cool people um and i love watching you work out my and i'll post my favorite video is actually this 12 minute uh head-to-head video of katrin versus matt oh my god and it's like them doing the same workout in two different facilities they like separately recorded them timing and doing this workout and there's a little progress bar that you get to see them kind of how they're how they're doing head to head and it's a split screen so you're watching them both at the same time it's freaking cool i've seen that probably 50 times <laughs> that's awesome i watch it so much and it yeah, just gives me notes. i want to see it yeah and so watching anything health or fitness related will probably get you motivated to go and yeah. do likewise yeah i think there's this idea of I don't know if it's an actual, there's this idea. Psychological? Psychological, thank you. <laughs> it's midnight. It is. <laughs> it's after midnight. And so there's this idea that, you know, you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with the most. And so I feel like I want to kind of trick myself into surrounding myself with all these athletes that this is you. This just isn't you yet. You're going to be there. Um, You can be that fit. You can lift that weight. You can look that fit. Like I just wanted to mentally trick myself out into saying this is normal. This is your new normal. Yeah. Um, What you're seeing in the mirror is temporary. Mm -hmm. This is what you're going to be. And CrossFit videos for me are what does it. There might be documentaries. There might be just magazines. I don't know. But finding those ways to kind of encourage yourself and cast a vision for who you want to be and where you want to be at, I think is really important. And there's also really great communities. Uh, For me, there was a really great method of I didn't really tell anyone for a long time that I was doing this. I kept it to myself. I think there's a little bit of a mental edge you give yourself when nobody else knows as opposed to saying it kind of satisfies the need to accomplish it. Yeah. And for me, I know that's really true so many times where unless I'm trying to work out an idea that I can't figure out. I try not to talk about it. I let it kick around in my head and it becomes this internal motivation that's trying to get out, but I'm only letting it out through my, my actions through lifting weights and watching my diet. And, and my game was to see who would notice. And the one redeeming fact of my before picture was nobody ever noticed. <laughs> no one noticed unless I had mentioned it. And then uh, uh, I noticed 
You never noticed. Yes, I, I did. It wasn't. A, oh, well, you never yes, said I, anything. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. You come over, uh, dude. You would come over. You would come over to do a podcast, and you'd have you'd have your sleeveless shirt on, and I'd be like, "Bro, for months I didn't." I, well, yeah, but it's gonna take months. You well, know? I mean, for months I wore all my old baggy clothes uh, to yeah. try to hide it from you for a while. Right, um, but the moment that yeah. I saw your arm, d- dude, I one thousand percent noticed, and I said something multiple times. I did. I don't. I'm, I would feel really good about saying you did not until I had mentioned it. I would feel really good about that because it was something I was looking for. No. Okay. Other than you, quote unquote, (laughs) (laughs) the only person who ever actually noticed without me saying anything was my brother, Justin. Uh, But that was because we were at Schlitterbahn. I literally had my shirt off and like my abs were starting to poke out at that point. Yeah. Um, He was like, so what are you trying to lose the weight for? <laughs> like, what are yeah. you doing? You're, you're getting jacked or what? And I was like, yeah, yeah just, man, I'm almost 40. And I, there's this body I've had in my head of who I am for years now. And it, it, it's why not now? Yeah. It's now or never. Like yeah. I still want to do phase two. This is all just phase one. My phase two is actually bulking and putting on muscle, uh, which I'll get to here in a second, which will only take a second. <laughs> I basically just did it. But, uh, <laughs> Right. But uh, so but there's all kinds of other communities um, that on Reddit, for instance, there's shout out to the lose it community. Like there are so many great people who would cheer you on or that you can just lurk like I did for like 99 percent of the time. I just look at other people's progress and what they're doing and uh, their advice and things, their failures and their warnings like there's so many communities online that you can find and be a part of, or just watch to find motivation. There's a, a lot of great subreddits. I'll uh, link you to a bunch of my favorites. Lose it is a fantastic one. Everyone there has really great feedback and it's a really encouraging place. There's also a good one. Uh, 1500 is enough where uh, yeah. it's a lot of like diet and most That's of it's cool. memes and it drives me crazy, but Every once in a while, someone will post a recipe or some progress, uh, whatever, or a snack that they found that's like, man, this has really low calorie and it's delicious. There's another one for women uh, that's more specific, I guess, that 1,200 is enough um, Uh or 1,200 is plenty and 1,500 is plenty. Uh Um, And those are great. There's uh, progress picks that... You you just get addicted to seeing before and after pictures. And oh yeah, God. people saying it's amazing, and it's in every direction. Like some people have a hard time putting on weight, and you can use these same rules to put on weight. Yeah. Um, well, similar rules. You don't want to add five hundred to a thousand calories because you'll just be adding fat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can see like someone that was struggling uh, to put on weight, their before and after. Like, hey, I put on seventy five pounds over the last three years. Check it out, and it's so freaking cool, and it makes me realize. This is doable. People are doing this every day. This person lost 250 pounds. Check it out. Like it's so damn cool and encouraging and feeding your, your fire that way and saying that's going to be me. I love that you, I love that you didn't tell anybody because I like so many people or so many like, um, diets say, tell people because they'll keep you held, held, hold you accountable. And it's like, no, we're not dicks to each other. We're not just going to, and, 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 what does that what what does it really mean that they'll hold you accountable? It means that you're letting them down. You're letting them down. They mm. have nothing to do with you. They have nothing to do with the, your choice to not eat that cookie at midnight. They have nothing to do with your choice to to eat celery instead of uh, a hamburger, like or whatever. 
it's not up to them. So then if you have a bad week or, or you just, you know, fallen off the wagon or whatever, you're not thinking about letting yourself down. You're thinking about letting other people outside of you down. And that is not the right way to think of this. This is, this is you making a change. Your decision to make this change before you were 40 was your fucking decision had nothing to do with anybody else. So kudos to you for doing that. I, like that is the opposite way that I've ever heard <laughs> anybody ever say to do. Cause yeah, when, when you decide to let people know, because it's the same thing as like, you know, if you, they tell, they tell uh, couples if, when they get pregnant, not to tell anybody and for 12 weeks, because something could happen. That's really dangerous. The first trimester is really dangerous and mm. something could happen. And if you tell everybody, then all of a sudden, you know, you got to tell them that you know, whatever. And that has happened to people that I know, yeah. people in my family. And it is, is, it's terrible, but it's even more terrible for you. Yeah. Right. And so just keep it to yourself, do what you need to do. And then when you get to a point where you're feeling comfortable, like you're feeling like, like, okay, I can definitely do this. I've been doing it for a while and now I'm good. Then tell other people. Yeah. Absolutely. That's like, great. I couldn't hide it from a roommate because he was watching me. You know, like yeah, of course. Cooking everything. But everyone else was like, you know what? I just want to see how far I can go. Uh, and I want to keep this internal motivation like you, exactly like you just said, yeah. this is for me. This is for nobody else. That's awesome. Um, and I think that was a really useful mental tactic, uh, to stay motivated and on, 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 fo on focus. Um, also like to read articles. I think the more you're trying to educate yourself and learn, you're just going to want to implement these things. Like if you learn a new exercise, the chance, and it's, it looks fun and cool to do or whatever, you're probably going to, you're now excited to go to the gym. Yeah. And you're now excited to make that happen. And so I think education can be very motivational. The more you learn, the more you're apt to want to put these things into practice. And it's also important to round out your, your knowledge base. It's just so easy to only listen to one thing. Like if you only listen to this podcast and nothing else, uh, you would be in trouble. Like don't do that. Listen yeah. to go read a bunch of articles, read everything and don't take any single person as the authority on everything. Take what they have to say and weigh it against everything else. Please just keep yeah. keep creating those, you know, extra avenues of curiosity and keep them alive. Um, yeah, new workouts, new exercises are great ways to, to keep you interested in going to the gym. That's for me. One of the other fun things about doing my my little crazy workouts is like, man, this is all new. It's fun. It's temporary. I'll just do it for this time. Uh, and yeah fun to do new workouts playlists i'll link you if i can i don't know if i can link you to playlists like uh, i have some workout playlists uh my boy shamari hooked up man if you like hip-hop these are awesome they're old playlists because i've had them so long but uh maybe i'll get them to make some new ones uh but podcasting all these things putting on a podcast and cooking for a couple of hours time just flew right by yeah all these little things that can help you uh, and there's so many good fitness podcasts. Like I'll link you to some of my favorites. I like having the mirror stats, like writing every week in the mirror. It's all there. So every time I go into the bathroom, every time uh, I'm in there every morning, I'm constantly reminded I have a goal and here's my progress so far. Uh, that felt like a really good way to stay motivated and stay on point. New workout clothes, like do whatever, man. Set a goal for yourself. Say, hey, if I hit this, I'll get some new clothes or just get them anyway and say, hey, it's time to time to show up in my new my new gear and get it dirty. Whatever, like do whatever it takes to make you feel better. I started shaving a little bit of my chest so that I could see my results better. That was motivating. It's like, oh, yeah, you're not just a hairy beast. Like you're, you're doing some work down there. <laughs> <laughs> Have a goal for what comes next. I think this was big. 
it can't just say, okay, I hit my goal and now I'm going back to normal. I don't think we have set weights or set metabolisms in that way that you have a set weight point that, oh, you lost all 40 pounds and now the 40 are going to come right back. I think you have set habits. Yes. And it's those habits that are going to make your body return to wherever you were. So it's important to not just accomplish your goal. I think it's important to have something that comes next. What do I want to accomplish after this? And that'll help keep you focused and have you looking forward instead of getting complacent. And that's all individual. Maybe for you, it's just maintaining. And so whatever that looks like, uh, maybe you say for five days a week, I eat at maintenance or maybe just below. And then on the weekends, uh, I don't count anything. I do whatever I want. I don't know. There's a thousand ways to slice it up, uh, but keep track. Like I would say at a minimum, keep weighing yourself at least once a week after you hit your goal. Uh, but having some goal after the fact is a really, really strong idea. For me, that's like bulking. This was all phase one. I wanted to lean up so that I could then start focusing on building muscle. And that'll be my goal this year is to put on. I mean, if, if I could hit my if I did everything perfectly, I could probably put on between 20 and 24 pounds of muscle. I doubt I'll do everything perfectly. It's a trial and error. This is a new phase. Yeah. <laughs> I spent so long like trying to talk myself into dropping the weight that now it's like, oh, I have a new thing to learn. And so that'll be what I'm doing this year is uh, bulking up and trying to put on. If I, if I do 15 uh, pounds, I'll be really happy. But if I can hit 20 or 24, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So I would say... We can we can skip the movie body stuff. It, I think it's just interesting. These Hollywood stars go through these crazy workouts and you have to understand their needs are. And this will be the only thing I say about it unless you want to jump in. Uh, their needs are different from our needs. Like they're not just there to look good. Yeah, duh. But they're also there to do fight sequences and to train for very specific types of fighting. Uh, so just because you see someone doing a thing doesn't mean that's a good idea. It just means they're training specifically for their role. You know, I don't need to do 30 takes of a fight of a choreographed fight on camera. <laughs> like they need to be able to say a line after they do all these crazy things like their cardio needs and their muscular needs are all incredibly different. Um, and if you were getting paid $10 million, uh, yeah, then you, you'll eat rice and chicken yeah, all day, every that's day. Right. Like who cares? Right? <laughs> who cares? Um, yeah. So just a quick recap, calorie deficit, lift weights and eat protein. So if you don't know how to get started, I would say step one is find out what your, your maintenance is. Google T D E E calculator. There's tons of them out there. There's a there's this idea and that I think is fairly bogus. It's technically true, but not going to be very helpful to your journey. That muscle it does it takes more calories, mm -hmm. um, and but it's not as much as you think, and you're not going to gain it during this process. Just to give you an idea, so let's pretend I'm at 10% body fat at 170, which right now I'm sitting at 190. Wes went a little wild in yeah. uh, the holidays. <laughs> um, but let's say I'm at 170 at 10% body fat, which is about at right where I would need to be to hit 10%. So my calorie, daily calories, uh, maintenance would be 2240. That would keep me even keel, right? But let's say I'm still 10% body fat and I put on 20 pounds of muscle. 
That's an extra. Now I'm at 2450. That's an extra 200 calories for 20 pounds of muscle. Do you know how hard it is to put on 20 pounds of muscle? Yeah. You're not going to do that. So while muscle does take more, you know, calorie balance, if I was 190 at 16% body fat, I'd still be at 2320. So you get an extra 100 calories by switching, you know, fat to muscle. Uh, that 100 calories isn't going to make or break your crazy eating habits. So don't live with this idea that building muscle is going to be your end all be all fix. We're all going to have these same exact issues, you know, come hell or hot water. But so step one, figure out what your maintenance is. I would say figure out what your body fat percentage is. Um, I think that's a good way to start tracking. Uh, just get all your stats, your maintenance, calorie maintenance, your body fat percentage, and maybe your waist circumference or something. And then set a goal. Like, where is it you want to be? I think setting a goal body fat percentage-wise is probably the best way to go. If you are happy with like 15 to 17% body fat, that's probably a very healthy range to be in. And then download your, your calorie app trackers like uh, MyFitnessPal or uh, MyPlate. I use MyPlate, which is a LiveStrong uh, product. Then start figuring out like, hey, okay, what do I want to eat this week? How can I start hitting my goals? And it doesn't have to be overnight. Like you can say, okay, this week I'm just going to see if I can eat at maintenance. And then maybe next week I'll dip, you know, 200 calories or 300 or 500 a week uh, until you hit your whatever goal that it's supposed to be. But subtract whatever your maintenance is, 500 to 1,000 calories, depending on your goals of one to two pounds a week, and get going. Like there's recipes out there. I'll post all these recipes. Uh, if you're new to working on the gym, don't break yourself off first day in, like work your way slowly into the gym. Even if I've been out for one or two weeks, I will slowly work myself back in because injury won't help me in the long run. Do one set of each muscle group and call it a day. And then next week, do two sets and then three sets and then slowly build up your tolerance. You don't want to go in and wreck yourself on day one and then not want to work out, uh, you know, a couple of days later. But let's be clear. You probably will wreck yourself you probably because will. if you haven't worked out like ever or in a long time, you get sore and yeah. you're going to feel like super painful the next day. But that's just because you're sore doesn't mean you should not do something you sh you need to keep moving right because the whole point is to like is circulate blood right and if you're just sitting there because you're in pain because yeah. you got the doms yep. uh, delayed onset muscle syndrome then you're you're just gonna it's just gonna sit there and pool and it's not gonna feel any better you got to keep moving so true and so yeah that's pretty much it calculate what your maintenance is figure out how much you want to lose download some apps and mm -hmm. start tracking what you're eating. Yeah, go lift some weights and maybe hire a trainer to teach you a thing or two or yeah. whatever. It's it's super stupid easy. Yeah, it's just math. If you can handle letting uh, an app or a website do some math for you, you're done. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> After That's that, it's awesome. just mental well, willpower. I will. I just say this in closing. I'm really really proud of you, man. Uh, it's pretty badass what you did. Thanks, man. Um, uh, and I can't wait to see phase two, man. Thanks, man. Me too. This yeah. is going to be a fun year. Yeah. Yeah. So quick recommendation for the. Oh, we're just cutting week. straight to that now. Yeah. I was like, I'm. <laughs> no, oh. it's fine. Yeah. 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 No, that's fine. That's fine. That's good. It's good. You sure you got it all? 
No, no I had yeah, so much more. I know you did. But I, I was like, did. man, this was shocking. I mean, 245. Yeah. That's... As for, I mean, if anybody's still with us, they really wanted to hear that. So true. So I'm, I'm totally fine with it being this long and I hope somebody's listened, you know, same. Like, and if this goes well, Mike, I would love to, you have so much knowledge clearly, uh, that you barely dropped on like endurance athletes. Uh, oh, that yeah. would be really cool. Um, yeah. so, you know, if, if y'all are enjoying this and you would love to hear about how to run your first marathon or your first mm-hmm. Ironman. Like mm-hmm. we would love to, you know, do an episode like that uh, at some point, you know, six months, whenever. Sure. Uh, that would be really fun. But drop us a note if you if you want that. Yeah. Uh, OK, so my recommendation uh, this week is going to be Little Women. Nice. Which I went and saw yesterday. I mean, there's there's an there's plenty others that I could recommend uh, as well. 1917 or oh, yeah. whatever. But uh, I just really enjoyed that that movie sitting with my wife, who is a writer and watching that movie and who has sisters and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just like I didn't. This is not my style of movie at all. Uh, like I was like. Oh, she wants to see a movie. Okay. Then I'm going to go with her because she never comes with me to see movies. And, uh, and she wanted to see this. So I was like, okay, cool. And so I had no standard at all. And I know that it was a remake and everything, but uh, I hadn't read the book or anything. So it was, um, Greta Gerwig is just, she's amazing. She's an incredible writer and incredible director and, um, uh, yeah, fantastic film. Badass. I will co-sign that happily. Yep. I'm going to recommend, uh, there's this new little show called pop gum. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well done, sir. Like a boss. I love it. Like y'all should absolutely check it out. If you, uh, if you like video games, uh, it's, uh, a a dad and his son playing games (laughs) together and it's so entertaining. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, check it out. I'll put it in the show notes. It's a great YouTube channel. Uh, pop gum. I think the next episode is gonna is dropping tomorrow too. So Ooh. yeah, he's got a little guest with him, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, props, man. It's a really good project. I, I love it. It's fun. He thought of the name and yeah, it just it's it was. I was like, fine, let's do it. And so January first, we, we started. It. This, that's so bad. He loves it. It's it's. I'm I'm breaking him though. He like constantly asks me about it. He wants to do episodes every single day, and I'm like, dude, you have no idea how much work goes into this, man. You just get down and you get to sit down and play a game. But anyway, uh, thank you, man. That's absolutely. Awesome. And I'll post a, a link in the show notes as well as uh, one of the videos. Like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. I didn't have a short spotlight picked out this week. Uh, but because this is kind of a us centric episode, I'll just finish it off with my very first writing, directing and acting short film called Office Zombies, yeah. uh, starring none other than the Todd Sapio and the West and the West and the West. And yeah. yeah, so check that out. It's one of our projects. You can see what we look like. I, I mean, guess. A- Aaron's in it. Yeah, man. Alyssa's in it. We, we, two people we reference all the time, all the time on the show. Uh, Shannon helped out on yep. it. He's not in it, but he helped out on it. 
uh you me yeah it's like yeah it's the, a, the team yeah it's it's fun i think y'all enjoy it uh so check that out in the show notes and stay tuned for next week we are going to be doing kind of another one-off this is only the second tv show we've done but yeah. this was a, a listener request from junie so shout out junie uh, we're going to be doing mindhunter yeah netflix man. i gotta start now oh man i'm so excited Deep dive love that and so yeah. uh don't forget subscribe review us on itunes especially if this is the only episode you've ever listened oh to my god yeah and you're still listening uh we would really appreciate you know uh, a positive review if you don't like us that's fine keep it to yourself <laughs> if you don't have something nice to say don't say anything at all we're a struggling no, show we have 17 reviews like, <laughs> you can tank us way too easily yeah. <laughs> your power is well great done. well done yeah um but if you want to leave a note on this episode in particular you can do that at the pestlepodcast.com slash three rules of fat loss and by the way the, our episodes are normally an hour ish or yeah. so not three so not three. <laughs> uh and our quote of the day that we'll leave you with is from arnold schwarzenegger who is a big hero of mine strength does not come from winning your struggles develop your strengths when you go through hardships and decide not to surrender that is strength there is nothing nothing in your life that this quote does not speak about every single morning you get out of bed is this quote every single morning you go to work is this quote every single morning you hit the gym is this quote when you choose to not eat the cookie it is this quote when you you do anything that has any kind of difficulty even not even like anything at all it is this quote it is a, some summation of arnold schwarzenegger it's so perfect i'd never heard this quote i'm not even sure i've really heard that idea uh so eloquently put um, yeah. strength does not come from winning your struggles develop your strengths that's i mean yeah that's so perfect yeah i love it when you go through hardships and decide not to surrender that is strength yeah. perfect damn yeah. it arnold <laughs> <laughs> it's so good it is so good and anybody who's like i don't know I think ever since the the whole thing with the, his housekeeper or whatever, yeah, right. like people, I don't know, have issues with him. I'm like, dude, if, if you watch Pumping Iron, you you will not be surprised yeah. by that at all. Uh, whatever, he's he's a brilliant man, and not just he's not just the best at everything he try, he sets his mind to but he's just a brilliant man and 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 has quotes for everything and and is is kind and he gives back he's a philanthropist and he just he's like oh he's probably if i can meet and have dinner with one person on the planet he's if not the guy one of yeah. the top three guys on my list like I, yeah, I love everything he's ever done. It's just awesome. Damn cool. Even even the cheesy stuff. Yeah. Because he did it because he knew it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he always knows. He yeah. always knows. And and he's like the one guy I feel like who could be completely pompous, completely full of himself, and it's okay. Yeah. It's totally okay because you're Arnold freaking Schwarzenegger. That's you know? it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how you get away with that. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we're done. Done. Right. 
thank you guys for watching and listening and all that stuff yeah. man it's been a marathon it, it really has i mean yeah i just ran half one and Crazy. then i did a whole one <laughs> now i'm gonna run a whole one in a month anyway thank you guys for joining us join us next week again we're gonna be doing mine hunter uh thanks for the recommendation on that wes uh Congratulations on phase one, buddy. Thanks, man. You, you did great. And thank you for all the... I mean, I, got, I learned a lot from this. I definitely did. Awesome. Yeah. Man. See you next time. I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch the movies and work out and cut calories.